Thursday night cheer. Um, tonight's cheer I want to dedicate, or it's not me dedicating, it's my in-laws, my father-in-law. He's dedicating tonight's class in honor of his mother's yartzeit. Tziprachaya, Basreb Yekasil Yehuda. Which I think, I know it's this week, I think it might have been um, maybe today or maybe a day or, two, a day or two ago. So may her neshama have a great, great, great aliyah greatest of heights. She lived here in Los Angeles. She was just an amazing woman. Just uh, extraordinary. Anybody that met her was like, just, you can see this was like, a, she was a Holocaust survivor. Um, an orphan. Perhaps I can give a little lesson from her before we begin this year. So she was a big inspiration for me over here. I, I uh, It's my wife's grandmother. Uh, but one of the reasons I moved out to LA, or made it easier to move out of LA, was to be, I came here to be a teacher, but um, she was living here at that time. She and her daughter, who's my wife's aunt, that live here currently, that's why she was living here. And it made it easier for my wife to agree to leave the, uh, the hometown New York where all the family was and come out over here because she had family. And uh, it was just a delight we spent over here with her, like, I don't know, how many years ago she passed away? Well, at least 10 years, maybe 12 years, 12, 13 years. And she was just so much light in our lives. But I'll tell you just an interesting thing. Um, um, she never knew her mother. Her father, yeah, her mother passed away at childbirth when she was born. She's actually named after her mother. That's why she never knew her mother. Um, and her father passed away, I think, when she was pretty young as well. So she grew up an orphan, uh, living by her older siblings. And uh, then during the war, uh, she was uh, sent to Auschwitz. And. Um, she was put on the death march. <coughs> and um, she reached a point where she couldn't um, continue. She was basically, she didn't have an ounce of strength left. Um, emotional, physical, she was just totally defeated. And um, she had decided that tomorrow morning, I mean, it was at night, they gave them like a, you know, a short little night sleep on the side of the road. Um, and, but then in the morning, if he didn't jump up when they were ready to go, everybody that remained in the grass or on the floor, whatever they were sleeping on, on the road, um, whoever remained on the floor got a bullet to the head and that was it. Or you just, if you decided to die, you would just die out of starvation because these people had, you know, they were already, they had to probably concentrate just on holding their life and soul together just to be able to take another step. That's what every step was. And she just decided that it's done for her. And that night, a woman came to her in the dream, and her woman told her, get up and go, don't be afraid, 
I mean, it's tomorrow you're going to be liberated. So she woke up and she made that last push and that was true that day when she was liberated and she always assumed that the woman who came to her was her mother. Um, it's an amazing story. But she was just a woman that lived above and beyond above every challenge. Life was so delightful. It was so, she was so light. There wasn't a trace of heaviness. You know, sometimes people have gone through a lot, you know, have like, had like, you know, grief and sadness and heaviness. And she was just the, the a, beaming, a, a beaming light. People just wanted to come speak to her and because she just cheered everybody up. A very, very beautiful, powerful soul. Anyway, so this share should be Elias <coughs> Neshama for her. Now we're going to learn the Mimer. Um, so tonight, if you're listening in Facebook or on YouTube for the first time, I think, I posted the copies. Since I don't have an audience sitting over here, I'm doing this to an empty room. The people who at least were able to and made the effort to come here had an advantage of those that were listening that were not here. Um, in that they can actually follow along inside because I would make copies. But being that no one can be here and I'm giving the shir alone uh, and those who would come every week for years uh, don't have the advantage anymore of getting the copies. So you read the Tzarech Aliyah, the descent for the sake of an ascent, the gain is going to be that hopefully from now on every time we're going to give a shir from text-based learning like we do on Thursday night, we're hopefully going to be able to present the actual text online so that anybody can follow inside. Okay, that being said, let's begin the mimer. <coughs> now usually, this class usually follows a mimer, a discourse uh, that deals with mystical ideas, and it's usually taken from Rav Shneir Zalman of Liyadi, the first Chabad Rebbe, from his monumental works, Lakuti Torah, Torah Or. Tarshish Tazriya Metzora, two very rich parshios this week, um, we've studied all the Maimarim. You can find them online at mayon.com. Most of them probably should be posted. There might be still some or two wandering around the internet and not posted, which is a shame. Another piece of work that needs to get done. But um, I like to teach new things. So one of my favorites for him that I've discovered two, three years ago is the Sefer Biure HaZoyar, which is a Sefer written by the Mittler Rebbe, the son of the Alter Rebbe, but it's his father's discourses, and what he heard, and what he recorded, and what he wrote down. Um, so, and they're, they're usually, it's a, it takes a passage of Zohar, and it elaborates, and it breaks the Zohar open that we can actually understand what the Zohar is talking about. Oh, I remembered. The reason why I wanted to tell the story of my grandmother, or my wife's grandmother, rather. The reason I wanted to, I guess when you get married, you, it, it says, the Abishta says, you become one entity. Husband and wife become one entity. So the relatives become your relatives as well. Actually, in halacha, in many ways, it becomes mitzad halachis of, of uh, relatives. You're allowed to marry and so forth. So once you're married, it places restrictions, which you see that there is a, uh, so I can probably say my grandmother. 
definitely feel that she's a grandmother, definitely the grandmother of my children. But I take from that story, <coughs> and I wanted to apply to now, tonight is, we're entering the last day of the it's Rosh Chodesh, a good Chodesh to everybody, should be Rafur Shalem, also we should dedicate the Schus, Chodesh Iyar, should be Rafur Shalem for everybody that needs a Rafur. So, um, and because the month is particularly Mesugal for Rafua. Ani Hashem Refecha. So, um, and the Parsha deals with Rafua. The, the Metzora has Saras, has the leprosy, has, and the, the Parsha is all about purifying, purifying the Tzaras. So, um, what was I saying? Oh, so, where tonight is being, the, it's the last day of Nisan, because tomorrow, even though it's Rosh Chodesh Iyar, it's still Lamed Nisan. It's still the last 30th day of the month of Nisan. And we have one more day that which we have high expectations, Mashiach should come. Now, Mashiach can come all the time. There's no restrictions. But there is a, a, a far more um, uh, appropriateness and assistance from within time itself that, that the Mashiach should come in the month of Nisan. We had our hopes so high this Nisan, and it's uh, a difficult day for me always. The last day of Nisan is always a difficult day, especially a year like this, in which we were so sure that based on everything that's going on, Mashiach has to be here. And I have no doubt that Mashiach has zoomed and come into the world so much greater. It is so present in the world now, but the Poyol Mamish, in the literal sense, we still did not see the full revelation of <coughs> Mashiach in the world. So, and we can get very frustrated and people can be ready to throw in the towel, you know, especially those that were following my classes. I keep on etching you on, say, ah, now it's for sure, now it's for sure, 57, 80, this is it, this is number eight, this is, and Nisan number eight. And uh, so far we didn't see it. So it reminds me of that story, because it's right when you're ready to just, go to sleep and just close your eyes and say, I'm done. It's then when we have special divine assistance that whispers in our ears and it says, just one more push, don't give up. Just When you're about to give up, don't give up. So that should be the lesson. In any case, so back to what we were saying, tonight we're learning a passage in the Zohar with an interpretation of the Alter Rebbe. Now, it's too long for me to learn it in one week. Maybe the good old days, this would have been a four and a half hour class. Um, and without an audience over here, that makes it, uh, that wouldn't be possible. I couldn't do that with an audience. Maybe I can still do a marathon. Um, without a physical audience over here, it would be too hard for me. So I'm not going to do it in one class here. We're going to divide it in two weeks. And especially since the second half of the Mimer deals with Pesach and Shavuos, which is we're the time that we're in right now between so it's not only so it's relevant it's relevant next week as well this part of the mimer is going to deal with saras this week's parsha next week's is going to deal with pesach and shavuos which is the time period that we're in uh, my confession is and i know you've heard this confession many times but this time i mean it i mean it that i didn't prepare so i am now teaching i'm going to call this class not a class Let's call it learning together, even though I don't have your feedback, because I don't even see who's listening, and I don't see your comments. I don't have a computer in front of me. Uh, I hope it's recording. Um, so, 
but I'm still learning together, meaning I'm going on uncharted territory. I can't say, I glanced. All I did was I glanced, and I only glanced a quarter of the discourse. So it seems like it reads pretty smoothly, um, but obviously the Alter Rebbe's memoir are deep and deeper than deep and deeper than deep. And what's nice over here is that a lot of the inyanim that are discussed are inyanim that I'm a little bit familiar with from the other discourses on Parshas Tazriya Metzorah that we studied already. And he's, you know, following along, at least in the beginning of a mimer, the path that he takes on Lakuti Torah to explain the whole concept of Tzaras. That being said, let's learn. So I'm going to begin by reading you to you the passage of the Zohar. So the Zohar seems to be uh, talking about, uh, obviously we're dealing with the Nega. Nega is, um, we know that the Metzorah, both the, the Tumah of the, of, the, of the Metzorah, which means the defilement. What's Taras? Taras is a, uh, a discoloring that takes place on a person's skin, uh, which is a spiritual ailment that in the time of the temple and would also make a mark on the physical body. I mean, we're not dealing with an ordinary physical condition. It's not a leprosy like some people read it, but it's a spiritual matter. And um, it seems like it was very painful and it's called an affliction. And, uh, but it also brought spiritual defilement. And there was a very serious type of defilement in which the person was banished from living amongst the Jewish people. He had to go out and live outside of the camp, in the, in the Midbar, outside of the camp. We have the story of Miriam. She was, came on the Torah, or <coughs> outside of the city, outside of any walled city, outside of Jerusalem. And then there was a whole procedure, and the person hopefully would do some soul reckoning and some tshuva, and then they would, they would become, um, they would get healing, and then they, but, and they would have to call the Kohen. And we see in this whole story that here plays a major role, both in the, in the signs of impurity and also in the healing process. In the signs of impurity, what just be, when a, it, it, in order to be able to um, um, decide that a this person is actually defiled, the person does not become defiled. By the way, they don't. The impurity does not descend upon the individual until the kohen proclaims that the person is impure. And even if the Kohen in the end proclaimed the impurity of this individual, if another individual touched this person a minute before the Kohen said it, even though the person had that already that mark and that discoloring and this, this, uh, um, that, that condition, the person is not retroactively impure because it's only from when the Kohen says you are impure, that's when the defilement takes hold of this individual. Um, so and what are the things that the Kohen has to inspect in order to decide that it's impure? So he has to look. First of all, it depends on the degree of the, the color of this thing. It has to usually, the, the main color is it has to be a very strong white, different shades of white, four different types of shades of white. In addition to that, 
it also needs other signs, which one of them is that there is here, that is on that part of the skin, let's say skin here on the body, that that here, which was once, let's say, black here or any other color of the person's here, it switches and it becomes a white here. And the, the, the change of color of the here to here, two uh, strands of here, um, change color, then the person is considered defiled. So you see that the here is, plays a role in this, and also in the, um, in the um, purification, when the Kohen inspects and sees that uh, things have changed, uh, the, it, it, it shrunk, it, uh, the color became much lighter, whatever, or it healed completely, whatever it is, there's a whole process of how the person becomes pure again and can be re rehabilitated, so to speak, and brought back into the camp, which one of the processes that has to do is he has to shave his entire body, literally, from head to toe, every bit of hair, his entire body has to come off, including his beard and including even his pace. Literally, he's bald from head to toe one time. Then he can, after that, let his hair grow and be back normal. But at that time, total... So you see that there is something to do with the hair, both in the impurity. So the Zohar is dealing with this shaving situation. And uh, it seems to be that also the Zohar, before even the part, part that I'm going to be, it seems to be a very fascinating idea, is that in, those, in the end of days, God is going to shave... Um, it's a pasuk in Isaiah. Hashem is going to shave off with a tar, with a uh, with a razor. Hashem is going to raise off, uh, and this is going to impact the klipas. Again, I didn't read the Zohar carefully, but I know the subject as it's discussed. A lot of the yanika sachitzonim, a lot of the powers of the forces of darkness and evil in the world. Where they, in order for them to exist, in order for them to have power, they need to, they act like the virus. We're looking at the corona. These are germs, microscopic germs that are parasites because they have no life on their own. They have to latch themselves onto healthy organisms and infiltrate them, break them open, and suck the life out of them and kill the hosting cell. That's the way they work. And that's how spiritual parasites work as well. They, they, they don't have their life of their own. They feed off other things. And one of their main feeding grounds is here. That's one of the reasons why the Tsaras, the Mitzorah, is not called spiritually impure unless he has two here, because when there is two here in his Tsaras, is a sign that dark forces have already found this exposed skin, this area, as a place that gives them access. Well, let's look at the here as major tubes where they can actually... Um, put their mouths on it and suck the energy out through the hair from the soul of this individual. Every Jew has a soul that is plugged into the highest uh, power systems, to the highest channels in which cosmic energy flows to the, to the universe. Divine energy flows into the cosmos. And that energy can be usurped by the klipa. So when a person has this, this coloring, uh, so when Mashiach comes, it says God is going to shave the whatever needs to be shaved, it will cut off the access points for the unholy and automatically they will, they will fall, they will be weakened, they will lose their power. Uh, while I was preparing, again, the liney bit I was, when I looked into the Zohar, who knows? 
if what we saw just in the last month where the entire world economy came collapsing, in other words, everything we've been holding on to has suddenly disconnected, if this is a result of a spiritual shaving that's going on in the higher realms, and the world is not being let go, but the world is going to have to re-plug in, but this time they're going to plug in on God's terms. Maybe that's what it is. Again, I, I haven't uh, thought about this enough, but it's an interesting idea. Um, it's also interesting, you saw the oil prices, and uh, we know that the enemies of the Jewish people, the Arab states, at that time, um, we've seen amazing, amazing changes regarding the Arabs as well, but the biggest threat that came to Israel was always from uh, the, I mean, in the last uh, century, was from the Arab countries surrounding Israel, fought so many wars in Israel, and their power, their money, their ability to finance um, their, their uh, campaign against Israel was always through the oil. And now we found this year, that for I think for over 130 years, oil held steady as a powerful resource <coughs> that was always valued and brought in. Uh, those who had the oil had, had the, the wealth. And this week, we've seen the oil plunge below zero, 35, I, at least one day, it was $35 below zero, which means they'll pay you to take their oil. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Who knows if it's not related to this shaving that uh, is taking place. That's what the Zohar seems to be talking about. It's the king of Ashur that God will shave. That's what it says, the Assyrian king, the head and his feet. So the Zohar seems, I guess, is talking about here and purification. So then, as a result of that, the Zohar brings in connection to that what it says in Pasha's Bahaloscha. We have a we have a similar case situation where we do another form of also a shaving, and that is by the Levium, the Levites. And it was only one time in history when the Levites were chosen to um, appointed to their high job as being the, the watchmen, the guards, the musicians in the Holy Temple, and also the, the ones who carried the temple during the, uh, the, the tabernacle, the Mishkan, during the uh, trip through the desert. So in the Levium, obviously that was an elevation for their souls, plugging them in very high. The process to prepare them involved that um, they needed to shave all their bodily hair. So it mentions, again, a one-time event. Um, and we know that that was one of the reasons why Korach is called Korach. Korach means bold. Korach was a levy. And one of the reasons why he got offended, because uh, the Kohanim were not required to shave their heads and their hair when they were appointed to an even higher position than the Levites. Kohanim, the requirement of shaving was not applied to them, but the requirement of shaving was a required to the Levian. So there it says too, So the Zohar, talking about the here, about the shaving, is bringing what it says over there regarding the Levites. It says, so you shall do to them to purify them. My v'koi, so the Zohar says, what does it mean, v'ko and so? Kegavna d'liela. That means that what you're doing to the Levites down here is similar to what is being done up there. In other words, the, the level of the Levium, whatever that spiritual dynamics up there, not as a human incarnation in a body. The Levite up there in heaven uh, has to have his removal of all hair. 
So that's the idea. This is what you should do. Just like up there, there is a similarity down here. And what do you do? Sprinkle upon them, in addition to the shaving of the body, they also needed to be sprinkled with the waters of the red heifer, of the paraduma. The red heifer is called the waters of the atonement. So the Pasuk says, sprinkle on them. So it's saying that the water that is sprinkled down here, which is made from this powerful formula that God tells Moshe how to make this purifying waters that was used to purify, usually from coming into contamination with death, which was sprinkled on all the Levites, on all the Levium. So similar to that, there is spiritual water up there that has the ability of purification. So the Zohar says, again, v'koi, this is a, this is a, um, a uh, what do you call it, uh, an alignment. We're aligning the lower world with the higher world. So what you're doing to the Levium down here is being done up there. So down here, there is this formula, this powerful water called the, the paraduma water, the red heifer water, the ash, the burnt ashes mixed with the spring water that creates this powerful, we can call concoction that has the ability to purify because it's resembling a level of purification up there. And what is it called? So the Zohar says, what is that? The leftovers, of the dew, this water is, represents the dew of bedulcha. Um, what bedulcha means, I always thought that bedulcha means crystal. The, the crystal water, but I'm not exactly sure. Or maybe it's just the dew of a place called Bedulcha, whatever. I looked it up in the Tanya. I went running to the English Tanya to look what they say, and they, <laughs> the English translation is, they haven't helped me much. The, the dew of Bedulcha. Okay, so maybe, maybe that's why I'm thinking it's not crystal, because if it would have been <coughs> crystal, it would have been easy for them to translate the crystal. Um, maybe it is crystal, I'm not sure. In any case, but this is, but whatever it is, it doesn't mean crystal and it doesn't mean water. It means the spiritual dynamics of a very, very high level that acts as a purification. We're going to see that the, this do of bedulch is also related to the resurrection. That when it comes time to the resurrection, the power that's going to resurrect is coming from shiyudah talad bedulcha, the leftover, the drops that come down from this do of bedulcha. So up there, the Zohar says, it's talad bedulcha. Down here, hacha, down here, mechatos, it's the water of the chatos. Seems like that the water of the chatos, the 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 paraduma water, captures in it this spiritual level of tala de beduch. The inin shiure tala, which the water is down here, is the leftover du. Lazimna de asiksiv. So that's what's happening now, which they did in the time by the levim. In the future, it says vizarakti alechem mayim tohidim. What was done earlier to the Levites only, the, Le- the Levium were purified with this water. And also anybody who came into contamination of death can also get, it didn't have to be a Levite, anybody would get sprinkled. But, when, but, but the obligation to sprinkle on, on, on the entire tribe was not for the Jewish people, it was only for the Levites. When Mashiach will come, the Pasuk says, Hashem says, I will sprinkle upon you the water of Chatas. Um, yeah, the, the, the pure water. So it seems like Again, even though it doesn't stay stated openly in the Zohar, I'm just making this assumption that this is referring to the Tala de Bedulcha that's going to be sprinkled on all of us to bring ultimate purification. 
Then it says, V'chipsu bigdeim. And another thing the Levites should do, wash their clothing. Kegavna deliela, which is similar to the way things are up there. Up there too, there is washed clothing. Ditkune dahai ish, because the garments of this man, the man that the Levites are a resemblance of them down here, some kind of a level of divinity, or a high, very high spiritual, godly level that they're representing, is the garments of that man, itzachan, get washed, bechesedilah, in the supernal kindness, and it gets purified from everything. So there is a um, there is a sprinkling and there is a washing of the clothing because up there too there is that concept that and why do you wash it in pure water? Water represents kindness. So it's being washed in the supernal waters of kindness above. Vitaninon and we also learned. Now that's what he brings over. Now the Alter Rebbe only brings this passage. He doesn't bring the rest. He actually only brings the beginning of this passage. I want to read just a little bit further, and then he's going to continue bringing another passage from the next page, from like a, like four or five paragraphs. So again, I told you I didn't learn the whole Mimer, so I don't know if he's going to give you an explanation on the whole thing, but it's just fascinating what the Zohar says over here, so I just want to read it. And uh, okay, I'm not going to read the whole, all five paragraphs. I am going to skip. I just want to read in the beginning. So Vitanino, we learned... Uh, why does it say that you should use a razor and not with the scissors? And that's referring to um, by, um, I think it's referring to earlier. It says on that day God is going to shave with a t- shave the king of the Assyria. He's going to shave him with a razor. Um, not with a scissor. Because we want to uproot the hair from its very root. We want to pull out like the, the hair follicles. We want to get at the very, very root of it. We want to leave any trace of it. And what's the reason for that? Because as I mentioned earlier, from the hairs, from the hair, um, it allows these, it, it, it um, exposes godly forces, of godly powers to, to elements of dinim, of judgments. And they can, they, 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 and here in general represents judgment because here is a narrow, very narrow channel, a very narrow tube of life. So by removing the here, you're removing judgments. You're stopping the lower judgments, which are the high judgments on the very high level, are very sweet judgments and they're necessary and we don't want to remove them. Actually, we need these constrictions because or else the whole world would blow up from God's intense radiance. But as it gets lower, it becomes constrictions and, and all kinds of and and um, power flows for the negative. So therefore, in order to cut off these judgments from their source, and again, they're sourced from the here, so you want to uproot the here completely. So and and when the deeds down here below are going to become appropriate, when we are going to fix the avoda down here below, when we are, when when our actions are going to be approved by God, then God is going to remove the here and to tear it out completely, to bold to bold it, 
Begin to layitzmach v'yirbe. So it should not regrow again. And it says that when, his, when a person's head will become bold. It's actually this parasha. It talks about a man when his hair will become bold. So then Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak says, Rav From all the Levim, the one that had the greatest Levite um, power, the highest of them all, Levim are very, very powerful souls. So the Levim, from all the Levites, the one who had the most power and the highest in terms of spiritual um, capacity was Korach. God made him be the representative of the spiritual level above. And since the spiritual level of the, Le- the Levites, because the Levites are on the left side, which is where there are judgments, and for that reason we have to remove the hair. And over there, that's why on the left, the, the image of the person that's on the left, or whoever, whatever that's representing, the divine level, is bold. So God made all the Levim bold, but the only one that God called a boldy was Korach. His name, Korach, means Kireach, means bold. So the fact that his name was that way means he represented it because he personified the spiritual boldy, which is the, the level of the Levium, um, in a very strong way. Um, so th- his boldness was showing on his quality, emphasized in his name. That was his, his advantage. That, that's why he was greater than all the Jewish people, besides for the Kohanim, which are even higher, and that's why he was jealous. That's what happens when a person is not satisfied with what God gives him. But God gave him a gift. And the fact that he called them by it meant that he's superior to all the other Leviites. The Kariye Kairach, yeah, a Messiah, when was he called? Beshatah de Golish, Begine Lahai Ish, Dechsif Kereachu. And it seems that for the sake of Korach, God caused the one above two to be bold. It's not the opposite, that because up there he's bold, that because, for, because the mitzvah down here requires the boldness, Hashem, based on the concept, he, he, he made up there be. So every, it was all done for Korach. And when Korach saw that his head didn't have hair, and he saw Aaron is adorned with the adornments of the king. And Aaron does have his beard and his... It became cheap in his own, in his own eyes, his status. It cheapened his own status because of his envy, he lost appreciation for what he had. So God said to him, I made you similar to above. You don't want to attach yourself up there? You don't want to be elevated to the supernal highest levels? Yes. Because on the side, on the level, on the channel where you are, if you're going to reconnect to your source, you have to be bold. That has to happen. So, but if you don't want to connect to your source up there, chuslatata, then you're going to lose even what you have. Go down below. In other words, because he rejected the offer that God wanted to elevate him above the rest of, 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 of the Jewish people, you're going to fall below everyone. Have a and hang out, be in the low place. So he went all the way low. He went down alive into, into Sheol, into purgatory. That's Gehenim. 
The Taman Safchen Chayavim Velesim on the Merachem because in that place is where the sinners cry out and no one has mercy on them. Scary stuff. Vizminan in la'ala. But Korach is going to come out of there. He's going to, in the end, he's going to be resurrected. And the Allah is going to be elevated. When God is going to be willfully turned to his people and, 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 and bring the resurrection, he will resurrect him too. Hashem brings, causes death and he enlivens. Anyways, it's a very interesting idea that this whole tension was all about the hair. Um, so then there's another two passages that I'm going to skip. Then we're coming to the passage that the Alter Rebbe does mention now. But before I read this next passage with the Alter Rebbe mentions, I want to read this two, three lines in the Mimer itself before he brings that second, the next passage. So let's read it. Start from the beginning of the Mimer. This is on page 286 in Biyuri Azoyar. He has sprinkle upon them the waters of the Chatos. So the Zohar says, This is the leftovers. Again, by the Levites it says this. This is the leftovers of the Tala of Bedulcha. In the future. If it says, I will sprinkle upon you my entire purifying waters. And then, uh, yeah, so in order to understand this whole idea of the do and what, what this is all about, we need to understand first the root of the negoyim, of the, these inflictions that we're talking about in this week's parasha. What is the cause? What is the inside cause of what causes the nega to come by? It says a person is going to have in the skin of his flesh. He's going to have a se'es or sapachas. These are the various different, remember what we mentioned earlier, different types of discoloring on the body. So to understand all of this, we have to first introduce what the Zohar says in the same daf, in this daf memtes, uh, but on the second side. And this is the part we're holding now. Rabbi Yitzchak says, No, I made a mistake. Um, the Amr Rabbi Yitzchak now is, that's, oh, that continues in the Zohar in the third passage is not it. It actually continues quite a few passages. And then after like a page and a half, you come to that this passage that he's referring to. Amr Rabbi Yitzchak, over here we learn negat saras. No, hachataninon. This is what we learned. Sorry, not hachatanin. Here we learn hachataninon. This is what we learned. The saras has two names to it. <coughs> the Torah keeps on interchanging negat saras. It's a little problematic. What is it? Is it a nega or is it a saras? See, a person gets a nega, and what, and what happens when he, when he gets a nega? He becomes a metzora. So he's a metzora, so he's also a menuga. So why are you, what's this? It's a taras. So he says these are two parts to the very, two sides of the coin, of the very same ailment. Nega, so the Zohar says, Rabbi Yitzchak says, and by the way, it's interesting that this is all happening on the side of Gevura. This is all very harsh judgments, afflictions, pain, 
and we're all dealing with cutting the hair because this is all related as we're soon going to see where there's an imbalance in the person that's relating from too much gevura in the person lacking chesed right? too much severity lacking kindness so um, the nega and the tzaras are as I mentioned the two sides of the same coin one is the underlying cause for the other. Nega means hudina takifa. It means that there's a very harsh judgment that's surrounding this individual and attached itself to this, to this individual. That's why he's being inflicted with pain and uh, impurity. Sharia ba'alma, that there is a very harsh judgment that is dwelling in the world and again, inflicting this individual. What is tsaras? Tsaras is the underlying cause for the nega. Why is there harsh judgments that are now um, taking hold of this individual? Because of tsaras. What does tsaras mean? Segiru. Segiru means something is being blocked. Something is locked. Segiru means locked up. There is, a, there is something that is blocked and, and clogged. Kamodad Omar, like it is said, Segiru the supernal light, the high light, is closed off. So what he's saying is, the reason there is a, a, a nega, that harsh judgments are there, the powers of din are there, is because there's no chesed flow. If there would be a chesed flow in this place, it would disperse all the dinim. The judgments are there because the chesed is not present. And there's only, because the chesed isn't there, there is a flow of energy, of life, but very, very minimal and very con condensed. And because of that, it becomes a feeding ground for the klippa and for the harshness and so on and so forth. So the root of what's going on over here is the supernal light is closed, is locked. So the way to fix the nega is to go to the source and un unblock so you can allow the download to happen. Once the download happens, the, 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 the dinam are going to be automatically, um, are automatically going to disperse. Segiru the tuve ilah. What's being lacked? The supernal goodness is not flowing. The loinoches la'alma. Because the chesed energy, we're soon going to see that this high light is referring to the energies of nahoiri law is chachma, Chachm is on the right side, the source of kindness. Gevur is on the left side, under Bina. So there's too much influence from Bina and Gevura and not enough influence coming from Chachma. The Chachma is, 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 is absent. And because of the absence of Chachma, that's why the negative is there. So he says, The goodness is not the coming down. And Kisiyah ba'adam ba'adam stam is referring to the Adam. What the Zohar means in the word Adam Stam, we'll see in the Mimer what it refers to. Is it referring to the human being down here? Or is it referring to the supernal man ab above there? Vuhuvel, I'm not exactly sure what it means, Adam Stam. Vuhuvel Akoyen, he should be brought to, ah, to the Kohen. Da Koyen Dalatata, you bring him to the earthly Kohen, simply the, the Kohen below. This probably means the earthly Kohen, the human Kohen. Because again, in order to fix the tzaras, you got to bring the wire to the kohen. Now it's interesting; it has to be dafka kohen. You can't. 
You just you don't come to a rabbi. Now the truth is, you probably have to go to a rabbi. Because in order for the Kohen to determine, <coughs> the Kohen needs to ask a rabbi. Now if the Kohen himself is a rabbi, that means he's well versed, versed in the laws, then the Kohen can deal with it himself. If the Kohen is not, doesn't know the laws, and it's very, very, very complicated laws, the, law, the laws of Negayim. And you need a lot of training to be able to know what shade of white and all. You need to take, you probably have to be certified. The, the Beis Amigdash, the, the, the Beis, then have to give you a certification that you can look at Negayim. So a Kayin that was not, and if, so go to a, another rabbi. The rabbi can inspect and he can know all the laws, but the rabbi has no power to either lock him up, claim the defilement, make him defiled, or un... So what does the rabbi have to do? The rabbi has to call a Kayan, even if the Kayan is an ignoramus, and he has to tell the Kayan, say pure, say impure. So you see, it has to be the Kayan. So you see, it's a spiritual thing. There's something in the Kayan's soul that can heal this individual. No one else can do it but the Kayan. So what is the secret of the Kohen? So now we'll understand. What's absent, what's causing this whole imbalance, what's causing this whole deficiency, this, what's causing the whole um, impurity is a deficiency of kindness. So you need to go to the man who's plugged into the channel of kindness to open up the flow. It's like Birchas Kohanim, where the Kohanim flow their kindness. So you get, you'll get it, it's almost like you're going to get a bracha from the Kohen. <coughs> That's the idea. The, the who, it's, it's, Istakan. The Kohen is the one that is um, uh, set. Lemiftach ahusagira. He is the one who's prepared. He's the one who's capable of opening that blockage. Udladlaka baitsinin. And to light the light. Which light? The light of wisdom, the light of Chachma. He can bring in the illumination of Chachma, which is really a kind illumination. And when he brings in that wisdom, he automatically causes the, 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 the dinim, the judgments, which are coming because of the intensification of the left side to depart. He can illuminate and light the lamps <coughs> that there should be through him blessings above and below. And then the nega then is therefore departs. And the luminance of compassion should dwell on everybody and that's why it says you should bring him to the coin. This is the piece that it's over here. What's negayah to us right now? So here the Alter Rebbe begins his interpretation. It is known what it says in Eitz Chaim from the Ari. He's now quoting from the Arizal. In the portal where he deals with negayim, the Arizal explains it at great length. The Toichen in Yisham Hu and the general idea that over there is as follows. That a nega comes as a result of the histalkus of the departure of moichen, of the power of the mochen of Abba. Mochen da Abba means the energy flow. <coughs> mochen means generally the brains. But it really means an energy flow, the life forces uh, of, of Abba's father, which is a term the Zohar refers to to the attribute or the or the um, the uh, the quality of Chachma Chachma we know that there are and the reason it's called Father is because we know there's a system of ten spheros th uh, there's three of them intellectual and seven emotions 
both in the human experience and also in the supernal realm. So the intellect is considered parents to the emotions because all emotions are always follow the person's intelligence. It's what you expose yourself to, it's what you study, that's what you get excited about. That's why the Rebbe told us so many times to learn about Mashiach. Because in order for Mashiach to be a reality in the world, we must be excited about Mashiach. And if we're not excited about Mashiach, Mashiach is not, won't be here. There has to be an excitement about Mashiach. And in order for us to be excited about Mashiach, we need to be familiar with it. So we need to study about it. If we only study about it, we'll be very excited about it. So for that reason, um, knowledge and, and uh, mental uh, cognition and understanding of the mind are called parents to the fires of the hearts, to the emotions, to the excitement of the heart. Now, <coughs> the problem, it says in the Arizal, the Arizal says the problem that there is with the Mitzorah is that one valve, the valve, the spiritual valve of Chachmah in his soul is either shut down completely or it's very weak. His right side is very weak. He has an intensification of influence. It's not that there is no mochen. It's not that this person is brain dead. It's not that there is no influence coming from his, his mochen. He's got too much mother energy and not enough father energy. The blend is not um, balanced. And, and the reason is, again, the negayim come because of the moichen, the abba, because of the departure and the absence of the mochen coming from father, from chachmasai. And that leads to a impurity, a defilement, which is a form of death. Actually, it says, Metzorah chashuv kemes. A metzorah is called like a dead person. Why is a metzorah called like a dead person? Because dafka, the power of chachma, is the power of life. Pasik says, ha-chachma tichyeh. Dafka chachma. We'll soon see what chachma and bina is, the difference between chachma and bina, but the energy of life flows through chachma. Ki ha-chachma Chachma, because God only dwells in chachma. And Hashem is life. So chachma, and when a person's chachma is not, is not uh, <coughs> operating well, then the person is semi-dead. Or, so Mitzayra, because there's a lack of chachma energy, Mitzayra chashav kemez. He says, ki chachma tichya. Chachma gives life. Va'atikun shel hanegayim. That's why in order to fix the negayim, la'aviyam el you have to bring him to the kayin. Ha'ino la'ham shech'oyer abba. To replenish the lights of Abba. The Iker who, and the main idea is, Ki Mesibas Oires Abba. The main idea over here is that because as a result of the lights and the Moichen and the brain energy flow from Abba, from Chachma, Ba'ada Misrach Vasakelim. A person is going to have broad vessels, Bekelim, Mikelim Shainim. And a person is going to have. Many vessels, many containers. What he's saying is that when you only have bina, there's excitement. He's going to elaborate on it. Bina produces excitement. We've said before, father and mother, chachma and bina, input is what's necessary to create a child. You can't create, you can't have a child only from a single parent. There has to be a unification of the male and the female. A father and a mother. But sometimes there can be one dominant element. So when there is only Bina creates intense excitement, but it doesn't 
channel, it, it, it's lacking direction. Where there's only Bina, then you'll have excitement, but the excitement will remain um, unsettled. And when it remains unsettled, it, it can be very powerful. It will lead to uh, a lot of intensity, but it won't be productive. In order for there to be productive, the excitement coming from the, from the Bina needs to be quelled and softened and, and, and thereby channeled into, into productive behavior. Because so, what's the point of getting excited about God? So the Altarab says an interesting thing in Tanya. And it's so amazing how Tanya is such a fundamental book. It's like, without Tanya, Hasidus, Baal Shem Tov, and Hasidus could be very, very, it's raw energy. And it, could, it, it can lead a person into all kinds of crazy stuff. Really good. Uh, because there is a lack, the Alter Rebbe created like the system, the structure. He structures everything. So just, just a little idea. The Alter Rebbe, for instance, says, the purpose of Abbas Hashem and Yiris Hashem, as it applies today's days, not in the future, but in today's days, besides to big tzaddikim, to ordinary people, the point of Abbas Hashem and Yiris Hashem, which means love and fear and excitement, is is that you should do something constructive out of love. It's not for the fuzzy feeling of loving. It's not just to create fires. Fires itself can be very dangerous. If you take fire and you apply the energy you get from a fire, to welding something, to creating something, to and turn fire into energy or whatever it is, to fuel an activity, fire can be, there's nothing to cook something, to make something, to do something with it. It's the most productive thing. But plain wild fire could be very destructive. So a lot of people just, you know, balshemtov and, 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 and thing, you study, it gets you, it makes you feel really good, it gets you really excited about God, but there's no direction. What do you do with that? So the Alter Rebbe says very clearly that the whole point of Avas Hashem has to lead. When I say now, it says that in many other svarim too. That you have to create kalim, but the Altareb in his beautiful language sets that he like really de- develops it fundamentally. That the av- that the tachlis ava is avoidama ava, as he says in Tanya. That that's that's and he says la the lashon la soisoi that the love. When Mashiach comes, we'll have experience just for the sake of experience. But now it's... So which means that we have to create vessels. Now what are the vessels? Torah and mitzvahs. So you get excited, and then you... What do you do with that excitement? You will, you'll fulfill God's will. And by doing that, you're taking Hashem Himself through His Torah and His mitzvahs and downloading God into the containers of mitzvahs that you've done in this world as a result of your love. Now, if a person only has Bina, the Altareb explains, it generates within a person a quest and an excitement only for transcendental experiences because Bina creates a, an excitement that is a little bit selfish or maybe a lot selfish. It's very much about experience. It's about me feeling and exciting. And the excitement is not in doing. The excitement is in, in floating, in soaring, in, 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 in surfing the waves. That's where the excitement is. The excitement in, in, in practical actions, in doing, uh, in making the world a better place, in helping people, in teaching, in guiding, in, in lowering yourself down to lower places to fix the problems, that's not, that's not exciting for a person that's looking for experience and excitement. So <coughs> that work comes from humility. It comes from surrender. It comes from being... Um, a, a, 
attuned with what God wants. God wants you to be totally excited about Him, but He wants you to take that passion and fulfill His wishes, and that is to bring Him into this world. But in order to bring Him into this world, you have to make the world ready for Him, and that is... So the Rebbe explains in another Mimer, I was learning that every, every um, action, every actions of Torah and mitzvahs always involve surrender and, and humility. It's totally, it's mu'usits. It's, it's against what the person wants. It has to be forced. And chachma is a certain energy that, that brings us to bittel, to do it God's way, not my way, what makes me want. That, that's the idea that it, a nega is a situation where we, we discussed this so many times where there is an imbalance and there is no chachma. The chachma is not, the bittel is not there to Hashem. Which is, isn't the case from, Sibis, from the Siba of Moichen De'ema of the mother, who is the opposite. So when, <coughs> you, you're, when you only have the Moichen of Bina, it creates an excitement for transcendence, and as a result of that, you become less involved in creating containers and vessels, so your vessels shrink. The vessels down here for godliness become less, it becomes less kalim. Becomes less um, receptacles. Because the person doesn't care about life on earth. They're just interested in flapping their wings and soaring to heaven. And that's the problem of what the nega is. So when you're not tending your garden, when you're not going to plant beautiful flowers and trees in your garden, you're just going to neglect it because you don't care about your garden because you'd rather be in the amusement park riding the thrill rides and you're not, you don't want to take care of the responsibilities in your life. So all kinds of weeds and not only will you not have a beautiful garden, garden full of fruits, but you'll also have weeds and not good stuff which will start accumulating in that garden. And that's the point that happens in a person that becomes too obsessed with spiritual matters and forgets that what God wants is a is a is a ethical, moral, um, mindful, physical existence in this world, holy existence, setting the world, making the world be conform with God's will, but in the physical. And when you fill the, the physical world full with godly actions and mitzvahs and so forth, you've sprinkled godliness into this world as opposed to fill the vessels. That's the idea. But if not, the, the energy isn't there. The place becomes dead, and dead stuff starts growing there. And that's the nega. So how do you fix it? Is to bring the lights of Chachma. In order that you should broaden the vessels. That's the whole point. You want to broaden the, the vessels, the kalim. Once you broaden the vessels, then you can start filling and channeling the light. You can, you, I'm sorry, the opposite. You start bringing down the lights of Chachma, the consciousness of Chachma. Then you start sensing what God wants, not what you want. You're not excited about God. You're actually listening to Hashem. That's the idea of Chachma. And then you see that He wants you down here. <coughs> so then you start creating containers and vessels where God can dwell. And automatically when God is there, the klipas are not there. And this is the purification of the Negoyim. This concept we studied at great length in many discourses in the previous years when we learned about Megoyim. And now he begins to elaborate on it. The explanation of the matter is as follows in a Yuvan calls Allah Ma'ala B'derech Marshal. 
We're going to understand this, all this, how it applies in the service of God. I basically explained this, we're just going to do it quickly now. That God made the human being down here below in the image of, in the image of, of Hashem above. In the, human, in, the, in the human being down here below. We have the enclosement of both the mochen of mother of Bina, and also the mochen of Chachma. And the idea is as it is known through the contemplation which in the greatness of God, how God fills all of existence and he encompasses all of existence. And how God really utterly, completely transcends all of creation and all. When one realizes the richness of this, how vast and enormous and endless the, the magnificent the creation is, and yet realizes that the input that God has, has, has invested in creation is just a minute, minute, not even a minute, it's a nothing of Him. And then He begins to appreciate God's incredible incredible vastness, infinite light of who Hashem is, so then that creates the excitement. He's explaining first what the Bina does to a person. So what does this do? It gets you excited. If you really think about this long enough, learn about it, study about it, and think about it, you start appreciating uh, the divine and the world and everything about the physical world um, becomes becomes devalued <coughs> in your eyes, loses all of its significance because you realize how nothing the world is. This creates an, a, 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 a great uh, excitement with love, like flames of fire. This is the joy. And how does it how does it manifest? It manifests that you become very excited and very joyful in the fact that you can pray and you can, you can experience the divine. When you actually flare up with flames of fire, hachuka, of longing, the slavas and fiery love. Like it says, the Jewish people will rejoice in, his, in their maker. So when you appreciate your maker, you get excited that you have a relationship with him. It also says, they will rejoice in you, those who sanctify your name. So they will feel great joy about the relationship. Because joy is born out of his boininus, out of contemplation. That means from the bina, from the deep and rich understanding, that will create this joy. And then as a result of this joy and this pleasure, that is of the contemplation, that is going to convert the emotions of the heart from one extreme to the other extreme. Naturally, a person's emotions, excitements, are to worldly things, material things. But once one focuses their mind, their heart, on the Ein Sof, and realize the incomparableness of the creation to the Creator, and the, and the nothingness, of the create of the creation, so then what the, the 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 creation shrinks into being literally utterly insignificant, and the and the significance turns to Hashem. So the, you extract 
your attachments from world to Hashem. That all of a person's love, for instance, should be only to God. Shouldn't have any other desire to anything else. Like it says, who is to me in heaven? My heart, my flesh, <coughs> and my heart. I think she'eri is flesh. My my is 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 expiring. Is 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 pining for you. And this is a very positive thing, because you're converting darkness to light. Before a person begins to contemplate, before you activate your holy bina, so then you're living in darkness. Because you'll look at this little, we're living really in a little, all of existence, all of, all of, all of our entire reality is just a little, a little rat hole. <laughs> it's nothing. And we think this is like magnificent. We want to travel, and we want to go on cruises and here and see. And it's basically an exploration of this tiny little, little rat, little, a little mouse hole. Compared to what is really out there, it's nothing. So when you finally, when the little mouse sticks his head out and sees the big, vast blue skies, he says, wow, there's a big world out there, not just this tiny little hole. So that's what we have to do. We have to stick our head out of a mud, pick our eyes up, like we say, uh, lift up your eyes. That's what it, contemplation is. You see, the Mitzorah is way ahead of the game. The Mitzorah is way ahead of, sadly, most of us that have never even began the process. This is, but this is the beginning. You pick your head up, you start realizing, hey, there's much more to existence than what we're, that what we see with our physical eye. You begin to explore that world, you become a <coughs> spiritual being. And that, that's conversion of darkness to light. And you come to a point, if you practice this constantly, you come to a point, till you only have a heart only for God. Nothing else interests you. You lose all interest, not in food, not for other fine things in life, clothing, um, other entertainments that there is, everything, music, they, every, it all becomes meaningless. It's only one thing, one obsession. This is the meaning of the word kala, or kala. I don't know, he probably means from the word kala that he mentioned earlier, kala she'eri lovavi. Kala meaning expired completely. Completely burnt, um, expired and departed. It's the complete departure and extraction from everything else becoming subsumed in God's light. Because the person stops and, and, and cancels all the desires all the desires that a person has to foreign things. Anything that's not Hashem, cancelled. Complete detachment. And this is called Ratzai, a, a racing. You're racing towards Hashem. Like it says, and the angelic beings, Ratzai Vishuv, race and return, race and retract. If your heart is racing, return. Which means that detachment extracting, pulling out completely from the physical is a good thing, but that's not the end of the journey. Once you reach this point where you've really converted all of your <coughs> desires only for God, then you have to shut down a little bit your desire. That means now that I only want Hashem, good. So now, be silent and listen. 
Maybe God wants something too. We know what you want. You want God. It's like, you know, <laughs> you love someone so, so much and so you're busy talking and talking and talking and talking, but you're never, you're never quiet to hear what they're all about, what they want. For that, it takes a certain humility. And if you're too intensely feeling your own excitement about being with them and therefore just cocking in your own, in your own self, you never hear them. That's, that's the shuv le'echad. Go back. The Indian who, and the idea is, but he's still explaining what means the ratzah. The Indian who had it's you reach a point where there is no more a, 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 um, an absent of holding on to the hiskashrus pe'izadavar. You're not attached anymore to something. You've disconnected completely, divested yourself completely. You undress yourself from every kind of foreign attachment. That's what it means in Sefi Yetzirah if your heart is racing. Just like when someone physically runs. You run away from where you were. Especially if you feel that the place that you were was a prison. So you're escaping never to go back again. Just like you, a person can run with their legs. The heart with their, with their legs, the heart can also race. The heart untangles itself and, 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 and um, slips out and rejects its previous attachment. That it had to something. It doesn't hold on to it at all. And when the heart is racing to undress and to depart in a, to Hashem, that's called expiration of soul. The light of the soul, the energy of the soul, <coughs> expires. It expires from the vessels. That's in the heart. And to a point where we find next week in the parasha, two sons of Aaron experienced this to the extreme where they just detached the sweetness of the divine. It was so over... It was so... Um, overwhelming so intense that they let go of their bodies and their souls just slipped into Hashem and this is talkus in a way of how strong can a person reach to such an intense ratzah it depends on the joy and on the contemplation now how will you get to the joy from the contemplation when you contemplate how rich and how awesome God is, and being close to Him is, and so on and so forth, so you become so happy when you get closer, and the happier you get, the more excited you get, and the more you don't want to go back to that dark place, because you're so, you're, you have so much pleasure and enjoyment over here, why would you ever want to go back there? The more the joy, the more you're singing, the more you're exploding with joy, from the sweetness of the contemplation, the more you can convert your emotions from one extreme to the other extreme, from this intense attachment to the unholy, convert it completely. To come to a greater ratzah, a, great, a greater racing, and more of a kloisa nefesh, more of an expiration of soul. And this is what it means, the mother of the children is... Is, is joyful. Mother is Chachma. 
Bane, I'm sorry, is Bina. Bina is, is, is mother. So that's the contemplation. Banim is the excitement, the children, the offspring, that's the excitement, the emotion, the love that's produced from that. Samecha, when you have that emotions and that cleaving and that attachment, there is an incredible joy. As it is known, the Ema Banim and the mother of the children, Ubina. The Ema, that's called the Meichen of the mother. She is Boininus. And that's the contemplation. Which the contemplation <coughs> encloses, not completely, because a lot of the His Boininus is too vast for it to enter into the emotions. Emotions have a more narrower capacity than the intellect. But some of what you know in your mind reaches your heart. That means your heart understands. And when the mother becomes very, very excited, that means the simcha reaches a very, very high peak. The more it pulls the children out from where the children were, 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 were stuck. If a person's love and, and other spiritual excitements were trapped in misguided things, in the, the pleasures of the world. So the more it, it can yank these emotions out from where they were, where they were limited canal. These are the moichen of the mother. The more exposed they are, which means the more they expand, the more expansive the bina becomes, the less interest you have in, in the material world. Now, obviously, what you don't want in the material world is the material world just for the sake of the material world. But once you reject the material world and you haven't yet opened your ears to hear what God wants, then you don't want anything in the material world. You just want to trip out on spirituality. You just want to experience just, uh, just the delights of Ganeden, of the higher realms. You want to just learn mysticism and just be up there. You don't want to deal with the, with the world at all. Leave me alone. So automatically, you get less involved in, in doing good stuff in the world. Yismatu hakelim, the vessels, b'miyot hachamiyot, the less vessels. Ma'ashen kibchim esmoichin, the Abba, which Chachma experienced. Now this would seem like, wow, this is awesome. Yes, wow. But this is not the purpose why we were created for, to come to this wow. The, the purpose is, Hashem, as we're going to soon see, wants a home in this world. So once you're excited about God, hear what He wants and do what He wants. And that comes from Chachma. When a person has a strong right side of his brain, which is, as we'll soon see, the Chachma energy, the Chachma input, the, the power is, 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 is developed. The more revealed it is, it causes a broadening of the vessel that there is a charge to descend back into this world, into life, and do productive things. The moichen, of father of Chachma, is explaining is very different than, than Bina. Bina creates fire and Chachma creates water. Water flows downward and fire rises upward. Um, Bina makes Ratzai, the racing, and... And Chachma creates a shuv. Come on, now, if it's, like it says in the in the in 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 Sefer Yetzirah, that you need to have balance. Imrat slipcha, if your heart gets excited, shuv return to oneness. 
Chachma is higher than Bina. Bina means you apprehend, you comprehend, and you get excited. As a result of your comprehension, you're getting excited. And the Hispilus, because Bina is not only intellectual. Bina, the, the Zohar says, Bina Liba, Bina is the heart. That means the, the sign of a true intellectual appreciation is if it doesn't remain just pure intellectual, but it, but it stimulates emotions. It goes into the heart. So the, both the understanding and the excitement that comes from it, with flames of fire. But he says, Saif Kal Saif, it's based on self, it's based on you. And therefore, you're in a state of, of something. You're a holy yesh, if you can say that, but yeah. You're a holy, a holy yesh. You're a holy somebody. Before you started doing your bina exercises, it's like a person, all you're doing is laying in bed. Right? You haven't started to exercise. So now, he's getting to a rigorous program, you start to exercise. Every day you have to exercise your bina. Just like we physically should exercise our bodies, we should exercise our bina. So we can, yeah, we can take ourselves out of that unhealthy state and become a healthy human being. And that means where our priorities are straight. We want to connect to God. But it's based on bina. Bina is called yesh. You know, uh, in, in, in Kabbalah it says that Chachma and bina are trained today in the Loimus Parshin, are two friends that never separate. And what are they? They're ayin and yesh. Chachma is the is is a state of ayin nothingness. Chachma may ayin timotze, and bina is 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 yesh, as it says lahanchel that olam habaz experience of lahanchel I will give oyhavi to those who love me yesh, I'll give them something, and what is that? That's the world of bina because olam habaz is an experience of bina understanding. Because in bina, it's I understand. It's when you grasp a concept. And when you're grasping, there is, the, there is the self. I grasp, I understand. You feel yourself in the Bina. And, <coughs> and since in the mind, it's, it's the I understand. There is the kalim, there is the vessel of understanding. And that sensed very strongly, or else it's not Bina. You have to feel that you've answered your questions. It's not just the concept. It's how the concept settles into into your space, into the, in, into the, <coughs> into the, into your, uh, when you take a concept, everybody takes the concept differently. So when you take it, so how does it settle into you? That's the Bina. Chachma is more the concept than its purity. Bina is how it's fitting itself into everything else you know, and inside of your, 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 till you're getting comfortable with it. But you have to get comfortable with it. So there is a yesh already in the mind, there is already a self. And as a result of that, the emotions that it produces are even more self-centered. It's an excitement. It's an excitement of, ah, I understand, and now I want, I want God. But the I is sensed pretty strongly. So then it can become very much about self. Ki as he says, it's something, I'm a somebody that loves. Chachma is a different experience. Chachma in the intellect, in the mind, it's the experiencing of silencing the mind and allowing the concept to flash. 
Chachma is that first flash. So when you're flashing, you haven't made yourself, you're not adjusting it to you. It's just suspending your mind. It's not you. You're silencing your mind. And usually the reason why you need the Chachma, I mean, is to conceive the idea. But before that, you, you encounter something and it's problematic. It's not fitting with you. So what's the problem? The problem is not with the idea. The con- if it's a true concept, the concept is, the problem is with yourself. You're, you're not, you're clashing with it because you're lacking a certain, uh, a certain realization. So what do you have to do? In order to, in order, you have to concentrate. And the concentrated, real, the meaning of concentration really means you bring your mind to a silence and in that silence you create a space and there's no sense of even your intellectual mind, and then you can allow the concept itself and its purity to enter. And it's just it. It's the objective truth of what is. Then you take it from your right side of your brain and you bring it to the left side to stretch your brain and <coughs> or adapt the concept already to self, or even better, adapt your brain to the concept. But again, it's you're bringing yourself back into it. In the Chachma, it's a suspension of self. That's why chachma, the word chachma is kayachma, the power of being what? Power of silence. So chachma, therefore, is the person experiencing the chachma is in a state of ayin, non-consciousness, non-self. And, and as a result of that, the emotion that the chachma will produce is humility. It's, it's bitlediggy emotion. So even if it's an excitement, it's more an excitement, more about what you want, not about what, I, what I'm feeling. It's a bitl. So, so we would say more like <coughs> um, love is more of a product of Bina and, and the fear and awe is more of a product of Chachma. And that's why, what does it lead? It leads to, in a relationship of a person and God, a person and a king, it leads to a real bittel which expresses itself in bowing. The servant bows for the king, meaning it's not about me, it's only about you. And which one stretches out with his hands and feet. When a servant comes before the king. When he still has power to speak before the king. And he can still what's it called again, lay out his words intellectually. Um, if someone can stand in front of the king and talk and articulate his words, it means that he's not really getting who the king is. Talking about a king, right? he doesn't, it hasn't really hit him who, who is he standing in front of. So he can stand, they can talk, and so on and so forth. <coughs> That's why he has power. Because he's not really experiencing what the king really is. He's experiencing what he thinks the king is. And that's why he can talk. But when he gets very close, and he truly sees the real power of the king, then the king stuns him. And when the king stuns him, he becomes speechless. He can't talk. He can't talk. Definitely to talk with, 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 with... It's like everybody, those who can... Uh, attest to what it meant going into the Rebbe for Yechidus. Private people went in, they were speechless. You watch by the dollars. You see the people that stand there, they start talking and making, they have no clue who, who the Rebbe is. The real Chassidim went by, they're, they're terrified, can't even open their mouth. 
because they, 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 the power of the tzaddik, of the Rebbe, would hit them like, whoa, it's like the king, and there's no self. Sometimes people forgot what they wanted to say, they become speechless. It knocks you out completely. With Hashem, and really the Alter Rebbe sees bowing as not something you're choosing to do, it's a consequence. Coming in front of the king, he knocks the wind out of you. Just his mere presence is so powerful, you have no existence, so you fall on the floor. Like a, like a silent stone. And this is bowing from close. And that's the Chachm experience, that you're up and close. Because you became <coughs> completely nullified. This is the Bittle. And we don't have this ability, we don't have this quality in the service of God. This is what Chachma introduces, that you're actually right in front of God. In other words, the Chachma is the space in where God actually enters, because Hashem, when we try to reach out to Him, Hashem is also coming closer to you. So when you finally open your window, stop you thinking about what God is, but you open a window for Him and allow Him to come in, then whoa, that knocks you flat. That creates this ma, who are you, what did you tap? And that's why the sages say it's not, we can't compare hearing about something to seeing something. Because when you hear about something, you're still outside of the thing you're, you're hearing about. And therefore, hearing is a bina experience. You're describing it. You're making riyas that you're actually seeing the actual thing. It's not you imagining what it is. It's what it is. When someone tells you about something, you're imagining what it is. So you can still retain yourself in it. If what but if you well, if you see it, and if what you're seeing is something of real greatness, then you lose yourself. Sharia b'chachma, because vision is in chachma. It says liyos mikarav, because it's close. Hubali they bichenas bittul, so that brings a person to bittul b'metzias to a total nullification. Legamre the ain lekayach kalal, you don't have any power at all. His boynein, you can't even contemplate anymore. Or the spal, you definitely don't have any koyach to get excited. With flames of fire, as a somebody, then you become like a stone, you don't even talk. But Bina is the opposite of this. Because in Bina, you're still in your own, your own space. So there, you can expand and expand and expand, you can go up levels. Through understanding more and getting excited. Like it says, but all that going up higher and higher and higher is all because you're standing on the outside. And from there, you're, you're climbing the, the ladder of spirituality. And you're racing after racing. But when you reach a place where you can't understand, over there it's beyond understanding, at least in accordance to where your kalim are today, it's beyond understanding. Only thing you can do is be silent a moment. And stop and allow your mind to the engine of your mind to slow down and just be become a receiver, then you can allow the chachma, that place that you can't comprehend anymore, you can open a window and you can you can see it because you can allow it to be shown to you. You're not so and at that point the bitl comes in. When you got close, and, and therefore, <coughs> that will throw you back. 
maybe we have an analogy. If you're running up a mountain, you're going from peak to peak as you're going up the mountain. And you, and if you go hiking, you go to one peak and then you, you're in a higher place and you're in a higher place. Because when you reach the ultimate uh, peak, there's no way you can't, you can't continue anymore. You can't go higher. Either because you're at the top of the mountain or because it's just a straight cliff, just straight up like this, you can't go anymore. Then you have no choice. You stand over there and take some pictures. And you go back. The same is also. You reach a point where you can't grasp anymore. You can only marvel at what you're seeing. But that knocks your socks off. You're breathless. That will produce a shuv returning. That's the bowing. Which you get lower when, you, when you're lying on the earth. By the angels, we find that this they have this. And the heavenly hosts, which referring to the angels, are bowing down to you. Because by the angels it says, First they climb, first they learn, they, 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 first they meditate, they, they, they come to higher levels of understanding and, 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 and of, of, of uh, apprehension. And, but then they get, they get too close, and then whoa, and that throws them back. First they have real fire, the flames of fire. When they get very close, they come to a bowing, total This is the idea of shuv in their bowing. Now he continues in the next paragraph through the shuv, in which you have nowhere to send them anymore. It's time to go back. This is what actually stimulates and encourages, this is what produces kalim. It produces pro- productivity. Since you're going down for hushpal, and you've been lowered, because of the great bitl, which happened because you came up high, so now you still want to be connected to God. But you can't be racing anymore towards Him. So what you do now is, what do you want, Hashem? And then you take God's will and you implement it. And where is God's will implemented? Only in the physical world, because God has no will to be implemented in the spiritual realms. That's not where He wants to live. He wants to live down here, and He has instructions of exactly how He wants to live in this world. So we enter back into this life, and we become very, very, very involved and very, very driven to make God's wish our wish <coughs> and to give him whatever he's asked from us and that's the Torah and the mitzvahs. So, so you're bringing then the light down here below. A flow downward. It's the opposite of the racing upward. Which is from below upward. Which is like the muscle of a person returning back. When a person is not able to go up anymore, he goes back. In the descent of levels, you have all that energy. But since you can't use the energy up, you're going to use the energy for down. So we understand that the mochen of 
father, <coughs> which comes from Chachma, is the opposite of the Mochan of aim of mother. Because through the mother, through the racing, it's where the light goes out of the keli. To go higher and higher. And all of it in a way of ascending light. Through the which is the bitl of Chachma. It's the Yerid and the descent of the lights in Kalim. And which Kalim? Tayyarim Mitzvahs. Mekalim, Mekalim, Shainim. Various Kalim. Adla Mata Mata, all the way below Metamanals, which we said before. Bezao Pirish, Inyan Maimon Rezal, that's what Chazal say. Nisava, Kodesh Baruch Hu, the Abish to desire, Lias Loydira Betachtainim, the Abish to want to have a dwelling place in this lower world. What does Hashem want? Hashem wants that after your Ratzai, and you're already connected your soul to the powers, to his truth, and you feel him so strongly because you've actually seen him, you've encountered him. And that left a very deep, <coughs> deep conviction. So take him, which you're so connected to, and draw him down with you by, how are you drawing him down? By paying heed to his will. So his will is following you. It's like when you want, you need something done and you want something done very much. And someone you can do it, someone is doing it. So your will actually follows that individual. And when it's implemented, it's as if you're an extension of yourself has entered into it. And by Hashem, obviously, it's <coughs> in a very real way. God Himself is being channeled down through you. And that's what we mean. Hashem wants to have a home in this world. Because, like, on a simple level, you see, Hashem wants to have a home in the world. Well, Hashem is everywhere. So, what does He mean, have a home in this world? It's not. The way Hashem is everywhere in, 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 from the beginning of creation is that he's down, he's everywhere, but in a very minute way. The leftover, 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 uh, crumb of a crumb of a crumb of a crumb of a crumb, after a gazillion and, and actually endless amount of contractions, the energy filters down, 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 less, 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 and it comes in until it materializes in this physical world. That's not called a home, that's called the tail end of God that's in the physical world. But Hashem wants that the very infinite God that should come dwell with all of His infinity down here. I mean, there's a home where He Himself can live. So how does that happen? That happens through the seekers, the godly seekers, those spiritual people who have an encounter with Him and they bring Him down like sort of like being a Merkava because they heed His will, do His will. So everybody does mitzvahs, you do it. But especially if your mitzvahs come after an intense spiritual experience, because then you're really doing it with fervor and excitement and you're really hearing Hashem saying, I want that tzedakah, I want this to happen. So then God Himself with, is now being channeled and funneled into this world. That's a dira. That's what He's explaining in the next chapter. To have a dwelling in the world. This dira does not mean through the general, regular channels of the way God emanates down to the physical world. The many contractions and the concealments of the light in the way of the chain-like progression in which the world's evolved. There's no novelty in that. What's new over here? That was already established in this way. When you have a taiva, when you have a desire for something, you desire something you don't have. So this is, is it's already a done deal. When God created the world, He fulfilled this, that He, he, that, he that He has a home in the low. The idea is no. The idea of the dira is not the end tail of Hashem's energy goes down, 
But Ha'elyon, the one that's above everything, Yoyred Lamata, is descending below. Kamoishahu Mamish, as he is, built the Helen Vitzimtzum without contract. Two things. Number one, it's not only, as we said before, a little bit of his energy, it's he himself. Number two, it's not concealed and blocked, but it's openly there. Like when you're doing a mitzvah, God is openly visible because you're arranging your kitchen, your bedroom, your, your wardrobe, your, 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 your business, your, your everything in your life, your entire existence, your physical body and everything about you, you're arranging it in accordance to God's tastes. That means that God is very visible. God is palpable. Like a person living in the house. When a person is living in a house, the house responds to his desires and his wants. Everything in the house is in accordance to it's his home. It's Hashem's home. Making a dira, that means in a revealed way. But how does God get down here? The funnel is through Chachma. Because his connection to those who will build it, his connection is through this Chachma. Without Chachma, if Hashem, if we wouldn't have that faculty of Chachma, God will have spiritual seekers who are like angels, who are the whole time climbing and climbing, and all they want is to just melt into him, and, and, he, and he would be frustrated, because he would want something and no one is hearing him, because they're all busy running towards him. So it's only through a slapshus of Chachma in which it's the ability for these spiritual seekers to silence themselves and to have that bittel all the way at the top. At Chachma is Koyachma, so they can be saying, what do you want? Ah, you want? Ah. So now that creates that passageway to bring the Eberster and be mislavish because Hashem only dwells where there is bittel, where there is surrender to Him. Through the islapshas of Moichan the Abba, then the Abishter can <coughs> descend, the Yisgal, he can reveal himself below as he is above. Which is the Hamshacha of Chachma, the flow of Chachma, and that the Tachtoinim down here below should be in a state of Bittel. As it is above. In Atzilus, the Eibishter is felt, especially in the first attribute of Atzilus, in the Chachma of Atzilus, the Eibishter is felt and nothing else is felt over there but the Orein Sov. So too should be in our physical world, we should <coughs> feel God so much that every single nuance in all of existence should be only what Hashem wants. Totally in compliance with Him, in total bittel to Him. But you do as it is known, the Ainus Lapshus Oirin Seif Rakpa Chachma. The Oirin Seif only dwells in Chachma Dafk. Mesha Chachma Ubchenas Bittel. Chachma's Bittel Kaniskaliyav. Oirin Seif to Mufshit Mekobchenas Yesh Vedavar. And the Oirin Seif is separated or removed from anything that's a Yesh, that's something. Vedavar Maki Yedua. And Chachma is Bittel. So the only Kali for the Abishter is that Bittel. Valkit Iker is Lapshus Oirin Seif Uba Chachma Dafka. The main enclosement of the Orient Soif is Dafka and Chachma. Because we said before, Bina is already a something. Bina is already, I want to know. I want to understand. It has to fit my mind. Kiyadu as it is known. The Alkane, through Chachma, it can go into Bina too. But that's with and based on the Chachma. The Alkane, and therefore, Kashanim Shachan is Bittel the Chachma Lamata. Ayyadeb Chanashuvanal, when we have the Bittel that, that what Chachma stimulates. 
And that's drawn down, as we said before, through the shuv. We're turning down here to, <coughs> to execute what the Chachma demands. And that's obedience to God's will. This is literally the descent of a person coming down the elevator. The person physically, is living in the house. God is fully comfortable and everything is responding to him because there's total adherence to what he wants. And that's his home. Bilti halim v'tzimtzum, and he's not constricted at all. Kamoiken oirin seif mamish, the oirin seif himself, dor lives gambit tachtoinim, also down here below, ayyidei b'chenes bitl de chachmah, or the bitl of chachmah, shayesh b'hem that they have. For hepech inyan ishtalshos, this is not the contraction, creation type of energy, in where God conceals himself to make space for the existences that will make all that noise and only hear themselves and not hear him. That's creation. It's through tzimtzumim and contractions and obscuring of self. Here it's not through the obscuring, it's the opposite. It's through the creations um, acting opposite of being created, which means acting in a state of, not, of surrender to their, to their source, not self, hearing what he wants and facilitating his wish. Mayor, and, and that the difference is there he's only shining to them symptom through contraction and here there's no contraction he is as he is okay so now we understand the whole vast um, um, project of Torah and mitzvahs which fulfills the purpose of creation where God wants to have a home now who makes this home for God the Jewish people and we the Jewish people are based on our fathers who's the primary of our fathers, the third one, Yaakov. Yaakov is the, it's like, Avram creates the, the, you know, the first, and Yitzchak builds and found the finished product that took three generations to create the perfect product. The finished product is the third generation, is Yaakov. And Yaakov, what is, it's, and really in Avram and Yitzchak, it's these two things. Avram, we can say, is water, is the downward, and Yitzhak is the fire upward, or sometimes you can say the opposite. Avram is love, so it has a certain yesh of self. Yitzhak is total bitul Tashem. And the third, Yaakov is the combination of both, which creates, what does the word Yaakov mean? He's going to explain. The channel of bringing, creating the home for God down here below. And that's what Yaakov, the word Yaakov means, yibaka, that God blasts through Hashem blasts the, the, the darkness of the tzimtzum. There is the blockages in which Hashem set up a tzimtzum, which don't allow God to reveal or manifest Himself over here, or else either, and if He does, He will cancel the creation. So therefore Hashem controls Himself not to reveal Himself. But then through Torah and mitzvahs, we reintroduce God, and He can, in, through us and through our bittal to Him, our, ch- our choice our chosen bittel that we choose to serve him and surrender to him and make him comfortable over here, then we blast yibaka, we blast through the darkness of the tzimtzum to reveal God. Do the Yaakov, is bekiya kinyan, yibaka tzur, blasting through a rock. That your lights will blast the darkness of night and will blast it open like day, like a morning light. Yibaka oisius Yaakov, the same. When you bekiyas yesoid abba, which kabbalistically is the blasting through of the yesod, yesod always means the 
transmission ability from every sphere. It's ability to transmit lower. You saw this bonding, the ability to attach yourself and to admit and to transmit. So the Yesoid of Abba is the transmission of Chachma, and the Yesoid Ema is the influence coming from mother, from Bina. So the influence of mother, Bina, creates the heat. It creates the desire of upward. The Yesoid of Abba, the influence coming from Chachma, creates the counterforce that has to break the, the, the force, rising force of, of, of Yesoid Ema and bring and force the energy downward, opposite of the natural state of the energy to escape upward. That's the level of Yaakov. He's the Yesod of, of Chachma. as it is known. And the Yesod of Ema gets blasted open through him. And that allows the lights of the divine energy to flow. That it blasts open like the morning. And the explanation of the matter is as follows. First we have to preface one Indian. Now that we understand the concept of Ratzi Veshuv, we have to first preface in one idea in the concept of Ratzi Veshuv. She is Beis meaning Shuv. Shuv itself, the returning, is two types of Shuv. One of them is that a Shuv, a, a, a settled state, but that doesn't have first a Ratzai. It's not, it's not following a Ratzai. It's not fa- following first a rising energy. It's just a descending energy on its own. And the second one is a shuv, that comes after the ratzim. Now, I think, again, I told you, I didn't prepare well, so I just started glancing. I think, I mean, what's the chiddush that he's saying? There is a shuv without, if you're never going up, and he does mention, if, if, if there's never been any, any attempt to get excited about the divine, then what kind of shuv is there? There's no shuv at all. You're not... Okay, maybe you'll do Torah, you'll do a little Torah and Mitzvah, but it's nothing to do with God. It has to do with either cultural thing or just because everybody else is doing it or just... Sometimes it's just because you sense a little bit, Hashem, not excited, but then you're going to do bare minimum. So that's not a real doing. A real doing is when it's passionate and excited and driven and so on and so forth. So if there's no Ratzah at all, so when he says that there is a Shuv and there is a Shuv that comes after the Ratzah. So we're going to see in a moment, he's going to explain that there is two types of Shuvs. One of them is that the Ratzai itself turns around and goes down. That means that the fire itself is kind of converted into water or to act opposite of fire, rather. The fire itself is like uh, um, um, de-escalates de- and calms down. That's the Shuv that comes after the Ratzai, meaning after, meaning as a continuation to the Ratzai, or there is a Shuv which is not coming from the fire. The fire remains Ratzai. The Shuv is pouring water on the fire, and that's what's causing the coming down. That, I think, is what he, what he means when he says, again, we'll have to wait a little later, because later he's going to mention there are three levels. There's just plain Shuv when you're staying down here. Then there is Shuv that comes from the fire itself, and one is that the fire is going up, but the water overpowers the fire and sends it down. So 
Maybe that's what he means. A shuv without a ratzai tchilah, that means it's water. Water doesn't have a ratzai. It's flowing from a high place. It's that energy from above. Let's see. So let's understand this idea in the service of God. We explained earlier, which is the idea of Ratzish. It's the departure. And it's this it's the elevation and the <coughs> and the departure from down up. As it says in Ratzlip, if your heart is racing, like the muscle of a person running with their feet. Until he comes to a very high place. Where he can't go up anymore. So then he retreats, as we spoke earlier. person runs, runs, runs. He can't run anymore. He runs out of steam. Okay, now he's going back down. And here's the shuv. In this sense, when the guy is stopping at the top, is because if he hadn't been running, he wouldn't have been so out of breath. He wouldn't have to go down. The reason he has to stop because he was racing. So you, it, it's the idea that the Ratzah itself leads, leads you to the Shuv. So the one, as they say, the same person that was running up, who he himself is the one retracing his steps and going down. He's descending the mountain. From the Ratzai itself, converts into a Shuv. Then we understand. How can a singular energy, and it seems like, okay, you say it's not two opposites. What you might say is, you ran out of steam. So there's no more Ratzai, you died, so you're going down. But if you only have upward energy, soaring energy, we're, we're, we're looking at it as, okay, if you're not going up, like people say, if you're not going to go up in life, you're going down. Because that's because of gravity. It's another force. The going down is another force. It's not the same force. So he's, he's asking, <coughs> if we're saying that all you have is an escalating and an elevating energy, how do you de-escalate? Where is that coming from, in essence, the down? What I'm saying is the down is also a power. Down is not just the, the lack of the up, it died out. It's... So that means it's the same, it's the energy, but it's not, it's not a second energy. So how does that happen? They, they contradict each other. This is an elevating energy. This is a descending energy. And how can it be in one goof? Excuse me, in one keli? How are you going to find these two opposites? Indian, when the idea is, because one thing prevailed on the other, something overpowered it. So he says, <laughs> it's, oh, it's not the same thing. There is a second power. There is a power of Shuv, like we said before. Bina produces Ratzai. Now you're activating another energy. You come to a vision. Before you were just a man, you were, you, were, you, were, you were the Bina, you were understanding godliness. Now you come to a point where you see the divine, which that activates a whole different power, which is a counter power, a positive charge, a negative charge, an opposite power, the set, which, 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 which overpowers on that fire. Um, 
That's what I mentioned earlier, that you have fire, and then you have water that is countering the fire and pushing it down. When his heart is racing, and this is talkus. And he's coming up, up. Where there he can't anymore activate his bina. So his bina stops because he can't go any further with his bina. He's reached too high. Then that power subsides, but another power that he has in his soul, which is the power to be silent, and as a result of that, receive the giloi from above, which brings the bittel, and that powerful koyach in the neshama of bittel forces the opposite direction. That translates into a chesed flow, a downward flow. So this inyan is... The Ratzai is one power and the Shuv is another power overpowering. It's the same person going down, but it's it's coming from a different from a different flow. The Omnam, however, in Ayaz Gabras says Yeshna Bebezefanim. This his Gabras can be in two ways. Echod Mitzat Atzmoi. Oh, one is on its own, Dainu Kumal Derek Moshum Mitzat Etzemesh. The fire itself, it 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 like lost its steam up, so it's calming down. It's not on its own. What we said before, that the water is overpowering. So this empowerment on the fire, so what he described earlier is really the second Indian that he's saying over here, which is that the that the there is another koyach that's pushing it. If the fire would be let alone without the water, without that pouring of the hose, without hosing it down, then the, then um, uh, no. When we're saying that it's possible for it to change course on its own, what does that mean? Hypothetically, if the fire itself that is going up would prevail over itself to turn around and go down. That would be it flipping over from within itself. He's presenting two possibilities. One is that the, the chesed overpowers the gevura, or the other one is that the gevura itself subsides. Where there is burning fire. If with, from within itself, it is prevailing to do opposite of its teva, to go down. Or if the his gabros over this, <coughs> the prevailing over this longing to, and to, to stop this, to put out the flame, is coming from something else. Is coming from the power of chesed. This is what we mean that the kindnesses of father prevail over the intensity of mother. So he's presenting kind of two possibilities of how it can happen. Now, the real meaning of shuv had a loshan hashava, if we're really looking at the word hashava, to return. It's when it's in the thing itself. Allah that went up. Then you can say that it is returning back now. But someone who is never went up, how can you say on him shuv? 
Or we might say, if the water is driving the, 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 the down, now what does he mean by that? The person who never went up. He means a guy who's stuck in physicality, a guy whose whole life is just his, his, uh, his, his, material, his material thing. The guy never went up. So he doesn't have this challenge. But I don't think he means that. I think, again, again, I, I, as I told you earlier, we're learning this together. I, I'm exploring this right now. But I think what he's, what he's edging at, what he's getting at, is that when you have a... The water is not... When the water is going down the mountain, it's not doing a shuv because the water never went up the mountain. It's going down. It's, not, it's, it's, it's descending, but it's not returning. Shuv means to return. The fire that was creeping up the mountain, if the fire starts going down, and the fire is returning, the waters, they were always on the top. If your heart is racing, Shuv, Therefore, he says like this, the one who is down here below, so first of all, someone who never ascended, again, I said he's going to speak about three, three levels. The person who never went up, and what can you tell him return? You can say, there are people who without much spiritual um, um, fervor and excitement are engaged in mitzvahs. There are people who who that's their name. They, they they care. They care about community. They care. It's not coming from a major fiery uh, spiritual. Uh, they're they're uh, they're good people who like to help out. It's like the, the water flows. This person was always below. He never was above. That we should say that he should return. The Nimtza comes out. This is what I was looking for. There's three levels. Someone who's below never went up with fire. Remained below. The second one. A person who does have an aliyah, does have an elevation, and a stalkus and a departure, in a state of rotsa, even his gabr ba'atzmai lash of lamata. And he on his own, it's like the fire itself, defueling or de-escalating and, and retreating. When you also have the same his gabrus, the turning around from going up, but when it's not on your own, when it's something other, like we said, if the water, someone hoses the fire down, it prevails over the fire and sends it down. That's called the intensification of the chesed of Abba on the gavuris of Ema Kaniskaliyah. Okay, so that's the three things. The Acha calls a Yuvin Gimel Ela Madregos Lamailo. These three levels exist also above. Yaakov is the power of Yisoyed Abba. The ability, that hose, that can overpower the Bina and send it down. He will blast like the morning light. As we said earlier, he blasts through the Yisoyed of Bina. The idea of it is the prevailing of the Chesed energy 
of Chachma, Al Gvuris de Ema, on the intense desire for upward, for spirituality coming from Bina. Like the water, that extinguished the fire. That's the last third level that we mentioned earlier, where the ratzai is a ratzai, the racing is a racing, and the, 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 the overpowering is not coming from the fire itself, but a counter force that overpowers it. He blakes, he blasts through tsurim, um, um, rock. Hard rock in the desert, which is a very dry place. Let's talk about Hashem, what Hashem did for us in the Midbar. And He gave us to drink. He watered us when we were in the desert. He took a, a, a dry, dry parched land and Hashem turned it into an oasis. And He gave us to drink like the deep underground waters. And Hashem took out noislim, running waters, Liquids, misela from a very dry, hard rock. The tzurim, spiritual. So that's talking about the desert down here below. What does it represent spiritually? So the tzurim, the rocks, are referring to the powerful gavura tzur elements that are in the yesoid of, 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 of Bina. They're in the nature of fire that they're going upward. And the chasadim, the power of chesed, that's yibaka, that the Abishta broke these, these powers, he blasts through with the power of chachmah. Even though they're very, very powerful, but still you prevail over them. No, he's prevailing because he's actually stronger than them. Because chachmah is stronger than bina. That he takes misala, and he, he took but then when it said, but then it adds more. The first Indian is that you're taking the Tzurim Bamidbar. You have Tzurim in the Midbar. And Yibaka through, through uh, uh, is, the, uh, is the power of, of one thing that is overpowering. It's the power of Chesed that's overpowering the Gvur. The Yibaka, as we said before, Yisoyed Amma. But then the Pasuk says, that the Selah itself, Hashem took noislim, He took running waters from the Selah itself. Ah, that's when a Selah, a dry rock which produces fire, like a flintstone, is now giving water. So that's not a second thing that's, 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 that's overpowering it. That's the flipping of the thing itself. That's the second level that we spoke about. amiti. That's the real shuv. It's in the thing itself that first had a rotzai is now turning back. So, so it's really like this. If you don't never went up and you're just down below, it's not called shuv at all because you're not returning. If you're going up and you're returning, but what's causing you to return is another power, but not from within the rotzai itself going up. It's called returning because it's the same person that is going up, is turning around and going down. But since what's driving him is an avalanche of snow coming from above, not because he decided to change his mind, whatever, his interest, the same interest that put him up the mountain said, I should go down the valley and look what's at the bottom. It's not that. It's some other thing that's turning him around from the top to go down. So it's not a real shove, because 
what is driving down is not returning. But it's also shuv, because as we said before, it's the same person. <coughs> the real shuv is when the very same, that same force of Ratzai is, as we said before, de, de-escalating or de, uh, decreasing and turning its focus opposite. Like we said before, taking the rock itself and turning it into water where fire turns into water. Opposite than what it was. The tzur, we say, that the tzur itself, tzur which is, has no liquid, it's all, it's only dry. Even though they are real gavura, they're opposite of giving. Gavuris are always not giving. Nothing grows in a rock. Dry rock. Because Gavur is always about its, its contraction. It's always taking in. It's so busy with an inwardness, it doesn't spit out. It's not giving. They're suddenly giving. They're flowing. To give like the, like the deep to home, which is the underground water, which is endless. And that's because he prevailed on his own to do opposite of his nature. It's the shuv that's after the Ratzai Canal. The one who went up, Yashav Lachayrav, will return. But, but even this, this conversion that it itself turned around and acting opposite. The Pasuk says that what? Uh, what does the Pasuk say he brought? Um, and then and then That means that the noislimbisala, the, the, the liquid should come from the cellar, from the rock. That's a bigger change that you yourself, the fire itself, should turn downward than up, than going up opposite its nature. That too, it doesn't happen on its own. It has to be triggered by first an external power overpowering it, and then it itself can also make a decision to turn around. But if it doesn't have at all something like snapping it and, and, and uh, you know, uh, 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 triggering that that turnaround, it won't turn around. When you have the chesed overpower, first it's chesed and gevura clashing, and the chesed overpowers the gevura. Then the gevura has a change of heart as well. When the chachma <coughs> can plant bittel even in the bina, then the bina also decides that it's not, that, that it should, it should go down. The dialogue. That's the meaning of two exiting of Yaakov. By Yaakov, it says, but as soon as Yaakov left Yitzchak by the blessings, Ach Yotza, Yotza, Yaakov, Yaakov went out, <coughs> Esau was coming. But the word Yotza, Yotza means that Yaakov goes out twice. What's the two elements of going out? One of them is Chesed 
flowing on its own outward. And the other one is chesed, challenging Gevura to convert Gevura, to overpower over Gevura. Even though he wasn't talking about these in Yonam and Chesed. He was talking in two ways that Gevura flips. But he's making that Benegea, this second Indian, that Chesed prevails over the Gevura. And with all of this, we'll understand what we said earlier, going back to the Levites. Hazeyalei Sprinkle upon them the water of the chatos. This is the leftover or the remnants of talad the bedulcha. What's talad the bedulcha? The dew of bedulcha. So now we're going to trace what is this bedulcha? As I said before, perhaps it's the crystals. So we find the word bedolach in Chumash Parashas. It speaks about the four rivers, and it says regarding the Nahar Paras, the first river, the Nile River, the Nahar Nilus, it says, um, I, think, um, I think there he calls it Pishain. It says about it, Sham HaBedolach. Over there is where you have the Bedolach. In that river, you have the gold and Bedolach. The Evan HaShoham and the Shoham stone. So he says it's a certain type of stone. It's called bedoilas. In essence, it's pure clear. It's white, which I think means over here clear. It has a little bit of a red sparkle in it. stated in Zayar, the sumka is that in the in the bedoilach, there's a, a slight redness to it. Is it crystal? I don't know. I don't know if crystal has a little bit of red in it. The Indian who the mare alovam beetsem zeu beetsem. The so he says like this because the its essential color that's what it is. and the redness that's in it ainoi beetsem. That's not its essence. Rakshanira ktsasle ayin kach. It, to the eye, it seems like. Number one, it's very it's 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 only to the eye that sees it. It's and even that it's very vague. Hardly you can notice it. And it's move on. From this it's understood. Rotso is excitement, fire, blood. Red is always the color of of fire. The side of Gavura. Like we said earlier. And shuv, which is chesed. That's like the color of water. The clear color. Whiteness. This, that the redness was converted... So he's saying it's like this. These, these bedolach stones have only a minute redness that the eye detects them. That's not, in essence, shayach to the stone. Because ah. stones, we said before, are gavura. So we said, stones don't give anything. They're dry, they're, they're self-absorbed. <coughs> they, don't, they have no liquid in them. And many stones produce even fire. So the fact, so the stone be'etzim is gevura. 
and therefore it should have more redness. The fact that this stone is such a white stone, a total clear stone, with only a tiny bit of red, it's because the, the, the whiteness that's in the stone overpowered it, all of upon it. What it means is ah. What the bedolach is, the chiddush of the bedolach is that bedolach represents gevuris with the gevuris itself, the fire itself defired. The gevuri itself had a change of heart. It's like Hashem took the cellar and turned it into water. The cellar itself. What element in nature shows that? That's the bedolach stone. Because stone, the fact that it's such a white stone, which is opposite what the stone should be, mitzad what stones are. The fact that the crystal is such a clean, clear crystal. Uh, uh, again, I'm, this is all taking consideration that bedolach is crystal. And the little bit of redness <laughs> that it has is showing that Be'etzim has red. But that red is not Be'etzim it's, because, because it's, but it's an internal transformation. Shana'as v'b'chneshuv l'mata m'pnei tagaburis No, I made a mistake. What am I saying? No, I'm sorry. This is no, I'm sorry. The bedoylach is 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 representing the idea that the powers of chesed are overpowering the power of gevura. That's what it is. Because we said before that the whiteness of the stone, it's be'etzem white, and the whiteness of the stone has overpowered the redness to the point that there's hardly any red. I know why I, I slipped. I slipped because I didn't prepare it, but because he says, I, 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 I thought, because he said, the thing it's but the emphasis not on atzmoy. The fact that rotsay is changing, but why is it changing? Because the opposite of it, which is the chesed, is overpowering him. As we said earlier. So what does that represent above? What's that level? This is the supernal level called Gevura of Kesser. Again, Gevura is red. And Gevura exists on many levels. <coughs> above the ten spheres, there is what we call Kesser. <coughs> Kesar has within itself the external part of Kesar that's called Erech Anpin and the Panemius of Kesar which is called Atik Yoimen. It's the inner crown which is really the idea of God himself almost. And um, the, in these levels you can't even talk about spheros and attributes but yet in the most subtleties of subtleties of subtleties we speak even on these levels of the potential for Chesed and Gavura and the like. So there is a, this very, 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 very intense high level called Gevura Da'atik. 
And the bedoilach, tala bedulcha, is related to this, to this level of, um, of gevura da'atik, shemislabish b'chachmas dima, that it clothes itself in the concealed level of chachma. Ki yidu as it is known, shu'anikra b'shem tala bedulcha. I want to read a little further so that I can gain a little bit of a, of something so I can exp- hopefully explain this. Because Ratzai, if you trace it all the way, all the way, where how far does it go? It goes all the way up to the highest, it's Gevura. It's, a, it's an energy of Gevura. And where does, all the way up, you have Gevura all the way in Atik Yoyim. Now Chachma, we said before, is the source of, of Chesed energy. In Chachma itself, there is the regular level of Chachma, and there's Chachma Shebe Keser called the Chachma in Keser, which is called Chachma Stima. So if, if Chachma is Chesed, so Chachma Stima is <coughs> the very origins of Chesed. So it's interesting. The Gevura Da'atik, which is higher than than Moyach Stima, because Moyach Stima is not an Atik, it's in a lower level, it's an Erech Anpin. It's, but yet, the Gevuris of Atik go, go over there to be overpowered by the Moyach Stima, which is the source of Chesed, this idea that we spoke about now, that Chesed should overpower Gevura. K'moy B'chines is Gabris Ashuv ala Ratzai, that the Shuv should overpower the Ratzai. V'omnam l'mayla mayla da'aynu mina matzalin etzalim, On these levels, so high, when we're dealing with not in the ab- the met- atzilus with the creation over there, we speak of ratzay v'shuv, energy flow outward and inward. On these very very high levels, this idea, these two tenuous of ratzay and shuv, are are so benign, benign, shabbat benign, shabbat benign, so, so subtle, so subtle, you can't even call it ratzay and shav because they're not two, it's called mati v'loi mati, arriving and not arriving both together. The not arriving means an inwardness and the arriving is an outwardness. So the arriving meaning a flow, an expression, a, a, a releasing of the energy outward is called mati, it is arriving, and loi mati is the, is the notion of it to be inward. So that's the gavura element is the loy mati and the mati is the is the is the releasing of it. Loy nikrav zemirat v'shav elam shay mati v'loy mati shubchenes chesed the gavura on the highest levels. K'mosh kasam makamach elafisha shamar eilam ma'ila lamata ubchenes ratzi v'shav mipnei shu bezad atzilus bavad klapa ma'ila hayna ubchenes lamata lamayla min atzilus legabai matzal. When you're dealing with atzilus upward to keser. From the Netzalim. Netzalim are emanations. They're already like creations. They're already a, an identity. So from there, they, they, when they're, by there we call it Ratzai Veshuv. They're racing, their energy, their soul. They also have a soul. Guf and Keli. Their soul is racing upward and then returns. So it's called Ratzai Veshuv. But when it comes to the opposite, from, from the emanator to the emanations, it works the opposite. Mati Veloi Mati. Mati is the outward. To give, loimati is inward. From, from, from the spheroids upward, it's called ratzay v'shuv. But, but the other way, it's not that called. It's the same idea. Okay. 
וזה שהביא במיימר זה הדמיון למי חטוס. This is where he's bringing this idea of the מי חטוס. מטאלה דה בדוכה, from the do of בדוכה. לפי שהכל עניין אחד הוא כנאו. It's all the same עניין. Why is it the same עניין? What is מי חטוס? What is the sprinkling water of... from the red heifer that we sprinkle on the levium that brings purification. What does it have to do with this talad of Bedelucha? Sprinkle the water. Because what's the Bedelucha? It's the water overpowering the fire. And that's what you're doing when you're sprinkling water. It's also because when you made the paraduma, let's think about it. They took the red heifer, the, the para, the cow. Cow in general belongs to the left side. We know in the Merkava there is the lion on the right side, cow on the left side. The fact that it's red means it's real gavura. Then you burnt it in fire represents applying even more gavura. Till you get ash, which is gavura, shabigavura from the red heifer. It's like intense, intense gavura. But then you have to take mayim chayim, living waters, which means you're accessing the real chesed, shabachesed, and you're putting it on the Mayim Chayim El Keli. You put Mayim Chayim El Keli. So you gaver the water over the fire. That's the root of this Mechatos, which sweetens the judgment, you think about it, at its very, very root, root, root beginning. We said, The Mechatos, this magical formula that God gives to purify all death, is all related to this idea. Should I do it? Is known the The ashes of the Puraduma personify the intense gavura. At shoyrish kala gavuras till the root of all gavura. Shubchenes moichen the moichen the ema hanikrab chenes ratzay the moichen the moichen of bino which is called the ratzay canal. Should I nasa efer? Where does the efer the ash come from? Machmas reifa sapado berish be esham is beach and the flames of the fire of them is beach. Umasha nishar. It's interesting that he says mizbeach because it's not burnt on the mizbeach, so I don't know what that means. He says on the bottom, the toysef will be, the word mizbeach has been added. But Lechura, I would say it's better. But ish by burning it, it wasn't burnt on the mizbeach. So he says, but based on the ksav, I don't know. They, they did add it. Umash and Nishan, and what remains? Veloy Now, why are you taking the ashes? Take the fire. Because no, no, we're mainly concerned with the ashes, meaning that which did not go up. It's from the real hard gavura that remains down here, as we spoke before, that up there gavuras can be sweet, but when they come down here, I think that's what it means. That the real, real harsh gavuras, you take now the water, the mechatos. The do it is known. One of the conditions of the water was it had to come from a spring. And that represents Mayim Chayim. Remember we said before, Chachma Tichya. It had to be living waters. Chachma Tichya. Chachma is the channel to the divine. The Mayon is, <coughs> is Chachma. Life-giving. This is the Chesed elements of Chachma. That's why it's called, remember we said, it's called life and water. It needed to have powerful, prevailing powers. To take the Gavura itself, to convert it to Chesed Canal. 
to take the gevuris of the ashes of the para, you're taking the ash, the most concentrated gevura that there is, and flipping it over. It's like we said earlier, like the, taking the the the, the sela in the midbar, not just the sela, sela in the midbar, dry shebe dry, and turn it into a fountain of water. Take the rotza itself into the shuv and in our life, it means our gavuris, our passions, our fiery, to turn that into an engine of activity down here below to make kalim for the Abishter. In you do it is known by Mishnah is the Mesechtas Pada. We know in the Mishnah Mesechtas Pada, there needs to be a lot of living waters. This water, this Mayim Chayim. Till they go above the afer, above the ashes from above. The im That means that the waters have to go on top of the ash, to like completely submerge the ash. But then when you look into it, you have to be able to see ash in it. That means it to be enough that they're like kind of floating inside the water, but you have to be able to see it. If you put too much water and you can't see in the ash, you flood it so much. Because you left, you put only. It doesn't say a shear on ash. I think even the minimal, but it has to be nikar in the water. And if you should tzarech liyus his gabras achasadim the mayim chayim albchenas aratzay, just like in the crystal we said before, you can see a tiny little bit of red. Same too over here. The chasadim of mayim chayim have to be on the aratzay. For inyan akisus shulahem ala efer. This is why you have to cover the water on it. That means it has to prevail over it. The im kolzeh, but notwithstanding this tzarech shia efer nikar, there has to be a little efer left on. The shetzarech shia is hapchua gavudis atzmelachasim. It can't be that now it's chesed. Chesed is now it cancels the. It's not that the chesed cancels the gavura, but because it and we, all we have is chesed. You want to have the intensity of the gavura, but that it's acting not in gavura. It's acting chesed. That the gevuris itself are chesed, <coughs> not that. It's like we said earlier that when the when 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 the fire itself decides to go down, but why did it decide to go down? Because the water first triggered it, and then the fires are. It has to be the. Vuhuke inyan anals. We said earlier that the rotzay itself should be in a state of shuv. It shouldn't appear like it's like oh. it's like when your wife it's a good marshal I'll get in trouble if my wife hears me say this when your wife wants you to to do something you don't want to do it and finally <coughs> she prevails over you so then you do it she prevails over you until you do it. But that is even sometimes even better than that. Not only does she want you to do it, but she wants you to want to do it. So now not, it's not enough that you're doing it. You're not going to be complying, but you should want to do it. So that's the idea over here. We want not only that the chesed should prevail over the gavura, but that the gavura should turn around. And it should have a change of heart. Not only because you're making me do it. The you definitely don't want to have the lower level where there's just shuv dra, where there is just plain shuv without any rotsay. You want to have rotsay. And the rotsay itself should afterwards be driven and turned around in a shuv. 
that the waters of the chatas purify those that are tamei. Because the root of all tuma of defilement comes from the gavuris akashas. When there is a intensification of the left side, and as a result of that, things contract. When there's less godly presence, it leaves room for the dark stuff to, to as we said before, to fester over there. From the intense gevuras of Ema, fall down and eventually evolve these intense gevuras, which can become the source for all kinds of negative stuff. So when you bring this powerful formula of the waters over the over prevailing over the afer over the ash. So the water, the chesed, prevails over the gevuras. So from the very source of where these gevuras come from, these fallen gevuras come from, you've already sweetened it. You've already overpowered it. So that whole, that whole tzimtzum and contraction which allowed for the gevuras, kashas, for the hard gevuras, which allowed for the tumma and the impurity to come there, all gets sweetened. It all changes. And he sprinkles on them, ala tumma, and the person that's tumma, as yitar, then he's then he's purified. because all the gavura becomes sweetened. and the evil will become kosher and will be purified. And since you can't sweeten something only in its source, In other words, it's not just about prevailing <coughs> over the other. You want the other to change their mind. So you need to have the ashes noticeable in the water. Now from the rotza itself should be the shuv. That's the real meaning of shuv, that the one that went up, he should return down. And this will cause the purification of those that are defiled. Not in another way. It won't happen when just kindness will, will, will overpower the, uh, the, 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 uh, the judgments without converting the judgments themselves. You need the gavura itself. You need, like what we said before, that like a Friday night we say that the malach ra, the negative malach, he should also say amen. You need that the gavura should also be agreed to it. You need to purify those that are tomei. Since you have to, the guy is tomei because of his sourcing gavura, so you need gavura itself. And that's why this happens. And that's why you go to tala de bedulcha where you have that blend in the crystal of the of the white overpowering the red. He says, the end of the Maimer, it says over there, down here it's Mechatas, the Inun, which they are, Shiyuri the Tiyula, the Tala, the leftover of the dew, and in the future it says, I will sprinkle upon you purifying waters. In it's explained elsewhere, the Fishashoidish, what does it mean? And what does it mean referring to in the future it's going to be Mayim Tahirim?
explaining why is it called shiyura, leftover. So he's saying like this, there is the bedoylach itself, that's the quintessential essence of this blend of gvura and, and chesed as it is in its very, very root of roots in keser itself. The gvura, the atik, the gvura that there is in atik is sweetened, so to speak, by the the chesed of the chesadim are overpowering the gevuras in the quintessential source. That's the bedoylach. Then there is a dew dripping from that bedoylach. The dew that drips is the influence of this, <coughs> of this uh, mechanism, of this, of this combination, of this uh, uh, formula, if you can say, that it drips into into Chachma and Bina, when, they, when Chachma and Bina are already separated, as Chachma being Chachma, and Bina is Bina, and the, and, which means that the Chesed and the Gevura element, the kindness and the Gevura are far more pronounced, that it should harmonize them as well and should, and should cause the Chachma to prevail over the Bina. That's already from the effects, from the drip drop of the dew that's coming from the Bedoylach. And that's why it's called Shiura, the Tal and the Bedoylach. And that's what we're accessing in our Mayim Chaim in Paraduma. But when Mashiach will come and we've completed all the Birurim. And the root of all this Birurim, all this fixing, all this Birurim have to do with this, with this process. Um, it all begins in Mayach Stimog, which is the Chesed energy. The ability to expand godliness into everything, and that's the birur, to chase the klipa away and to reveal godliness in it, which is all coming from moyach It's the iskabrus of chesed giloy over the power of tzimtzum, which is really where the sources of all klipa comes. And that's what birur is. Birur is to bring out the good potential of something and dismiss the negative of it. So the shayrish of that is from what moyach which is the shayrish of all the birurim. But now that's not nizgala. But when we complete the whole avodah of Birurim, uh, and the power of impurity will be completely removed from the earth. So we're going to be higher than the Birurim that are coming from Ah, he's differentiating in the water. Now we're using mechatas. Mechatas is implying that the mayim, the water is meant chatas. It's meant to atone. It's meant to enter into a place where there is where there is uh, darkness, where there is concealment, where there is the, the gavura over there that needs to fix it. Once we're, and that comes from, as we said before, the drip, the mayim that's coming out. But once we're done and we're finished with that, we're going to be elevated much higher and we're going to get not the lower level of this shiyuda, the, the, the tala, the leftover, the dew that's coming out. We're going to get, the, as we said before, the bedoylach itself, which is the mayim chayim themselves, and that's called mayim tahoyrim, pure water, not mechatos. Mechatos means it has an objective to bring atonement. This is just pure. It's the essence of purity. That's the point. 
This is the pure whiteness that's in the the even abdoilach itself. After all this, so now we'll understand what the Zohar, what the, what the Zohar said regarding a nega. Nega tzaras, these two words, nega and tzaras. So we said before, tzaras means segira denohere Allah, that the, that the higher light is closed, which is chachma is not flowing. Segira the tivi, the tivi Allah, the supernal goodness. The Zohar says a double lashon. Nohere Allah, the higher light is shut. It is shut, the higher goodness. Ba'adam, ba'adam stam. We're in, in the person... In the in the plane in the person. Why does the nega come? If there is an imbalance, we said before, if bina gets too strong, if the ratza gets too strong, if the mother energy is too strong, it's because through the prevailing of the mother energy of the bina energy, of the of the intensity of the emotions, as we spoke earlier, there's a lack of of, of a productivity, lack of kalim. And the tikkun is through the moichan of, of Chachma. Which they increase the vessels. The tikkun of the nega. Because you got to bring back the oir abba. It's been locked. Which is the light of Abba, because the departure of the lights of Abba, this is where the nega comes from. I'm going to learn now um, just this is the last page for tonight, for tonight, and next and 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 next and next week we'll continue. And this will be understood <coughs> based on what we said earlier. Because there is so much of a prevailing of the fire element, which came from the from the excessive mochen of mother, that causes the shefa not going down. It's not going down into the kelim. Because the person is so busy and being absorbed upward, to be excited about going up. The person is not is not busy. That's why it says that a, that a mitzor is someone. Uh, uh, a, he speaks Lashon Hara. Now, obviously, we're talking about a person who's a big tzaddik. He's experiencing his problem over here is he has intense love for God and he's not paying attention. But the point over here, he's not a bad person. He's, he's when it says he speaks Lashon Hara, it doesn't mean that he's a malicious. It says only tzaddikim got 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 nega. So tzaddikim speak Lashon Hara. It means that a, the person is a tzaddik, but he gets Lashon Hara. His Lashon Hara is not coming out of because he's a bad. He likes to talk bad about people. The Lashon Hara is because he's not, it's not that he, he's, he's just not so careful with everything that comes out of his mouth. He's not, so, un, in his mindless state, he, he said a few words that are just not, that were, that were a little bit disparaging about someone. And he didn't even mean it, he wasn't, wasn't thinking. But why is he not so meticulous? Because he doesn't care so much. Why doesn't he care so much? Because he's not concerned so much with what's happening down here. And when a person is very concerned that everything in this world should be according to halacha, that's because he has a, he's focused. This person is not focused because he wants to be elsewhere. That's why the tikkun for the Mitzayra is that he brings, he brings birds, two birds, and the Rashi says they chirp. So this person's been chirping. The idea that it's chirping means uh, it, 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 there's a lack of concentration in what he's doing. 
There's nothing that you're, if, 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 if it would have been, uh, you know, uh, that he spoke bad words, he should bring, I don't know, he should bring some kind of creature that makes a really ugly sound. Uh, I don't know, let him bring uh, ravens. They make like a crow, right? And he doesn't bring that. He brings two kosher birds, and it's just they're chirping, pigeons. There's a little bit of a negligence. As I spoke earlier about the garden, the person's just not taking care of his garden. So negative things slip in over there. So that's what he's saying. So because he's so busy above, he's not concerned about what's happening now. The light goes away of Chachma. There's not enough, there's no, there's no mindfulness down here to have Kalim where God can dwell. Until becomes less and less. And when there's no Kalim there, the Chitzonim come in. If you're not putting your, there is energy, a person is going to have energy. If you're not putting it into good stuff, that energy is going to leak into negative stuff. And Zion and Midas are on the Noiga, these are the Noiga, these are seven negative Midas of Noiga. That's where the Nega comes. The Nega is already, this is already the, the negative. And that's what we're saying. It's not a malicious. It, it's, it's only skin deep. The Rebbe speaks about this so much. It's only on the skin because. The problem where he's negligent is not in deep stuff. He's not caring about the most external element of life because he doesn't really see that important. That's the physical part of the world. That's not external behavior, outer appearance. He's saying, what's that? But the the external part. And like it says, the point of the Mitzvah is he's not so careful in his thought, speech, and action to be so perfect because the Tzaddik who is concerned with God's desire, he wants to fill every thought, should be perfect, because he's arranging the furniture in this world for Hashem. But the person who wants to be out of this world doesn't care so much. These are the three Levushim. These are the two levels of Oyer. In skin itself, it seems like there's three levels in it, which are thought, speech, and action. And the Zohar says, What does Adam Stam mean? When he's, that, that's what it means, Adam Stam. Adam Stam means when he only has from mother and he doesn't have from father. Adam Stam means plain. He hasn't developed. Development is you're supposed to develop Kalim. It's like a person who's an Adam Stam. He hasn't worked on developing. What does that mean? As it is coming from when, when you only have Moichin de Ema, then you're not, then you remain in Adam Stam because you're not going to create magnificent levushim and garments and, and because you're not, as we said before, your energy is elsewhere. When it will be drawn in the Abba, which is the, the, the expansiveness, Kidua. Shaloi nikra adam stam. That's not called adam stam. That's called already godless. Maven. I guess it has to do with some some idea that it is. Vatikun linegam alalu. So how do you fix it? Hulaham shech moichen da abba. You have to draw down the moichen of the father. Lavei lepchenes bitul bemitzias to come to a state of humility. Don't think so much about yourself. Think about what the Eberster wants through bitul. Shem lepchenes chachma. Shem emenu lepchenes ba lepchenes hashuv lamata. That's what drives the shuv down. Venasa riboy amshachas oiris bekelim rabim almaila lamata. 
and that drives you to make a lot of the opposite of the Ratzah. Like we said before, that the, the light of Chachma overpowers the Bina. The Oris of the father of Yaakov blast through the 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 the, the yesoid element of, of Ema that, that has the opposite desire to go upward. Since you can't sweeten judgments only in its shorish, so you can't just introduce Abba, you have to convert Ema. You need the Ratzah itself to go down, the same like we said earlier by the person that had became, came into contact with the dead body, you need to take the ash itself, the fire itself, to turn it around. Here too, uh, that's why in the nega you have white and a certain neg- negoyim that have a little redness in it. If the, it says over there in the Zohar says, if the, even if you see white, if the redness doesn't go away, it is a nega. I mean, I didn't learn the piece of Zohar, so I don't know what he's referring to the piece before that. And for this reason, Nosa Yaakov Dalit Noshim. Amazing idea. This is the reason why Yaakov got married to four women. You think to myself, what do we need? Yaakov needed a harem? You know, Achashverosh had a whole party over there with all the girls of Persia, because he's Achashverosh. Avram has one wife. Okay, he needed to have children, so Sarah gave him another one. Yitzchak married this. Yaakov has a whole four. What's this? It had nothing to do, <coughs> it had only to do with spirituality. It was all a godly thing. The woman represents shuv, the kalim, the vessels. The containers to hold godliness into this world. Man and woman is oir and kalim. And Yaakov wants to increase kalim in this world. Lots of kalim. Bring the light down into containers, into vessels. And the four wives represent thought, speech, and action. It's three, why four? We'll see. Bring down the shef to many kalim. Think about it. Yaakov takes his neshama, and because he has four wives, he ends up with 12 shvatim, which then turn into 70, which then turn into the millions of Jews. Each one is a keli, a vessel, and a channel to that light. When he wants to explode, he wants to bring that Jewish energy down everywhere. He needs 600,000 Jews, and the root souls, and so forth. Can you to bring it into keilim? To bring it down in Kalim, and the reason why is so that it will, and the intention is that it should take also the Gevuris of the mother to bring that also down in Kalim. They are the internal Kalim. They're the back elements of the Kalim, which represent the idea that it enables Yaakov to, to, to channel godliness down to lower levels. Not just to the higher levels, which is in Olam Abriya, but even to bring it down in Yitzira and all the way down in Asiya. And the explanation of the matter, you do it is known. The letters of thought and the letters of speech, are called Leah and Rachel. Rachel is called letters of speech, and Leah is called letters of thought. 
Um, they're the two, we've heard this many times, the two Hayin of Hashem's name. Hay is a keli, the vessel, both feminine, two Hays. One is the upper Hay and the lower Hay. The concealed Hay, the revealed Hay. Speech is revealed, thought is concealed. But words are only kalim. It's the content you're putting into it. So marrying Leia and Rachel means having holy thoughts is marrying Leia, taking your spiritual energy and filling it into thoughts of Torah, having many vessels of thoughts. Thinking Torah means you're marrying Leia. Speaking Torah means you're marrying Rachel. Obviously by Yaakov it was also physical, but that's the concept of it. Sometimes it's explained. Torah Shabbat Torah Shabbat The words of both of them. And where does these Oisius really come from? Now really it says, both in Malchus. One is the letters of speech of Malchus and one is the letters of thought of Malchus. But if you trace them higher, it's from the Oisius, the letters of, of, of Bina. The Yaakov Shua Aris Yesoid Abba. And Yaakov was the element of Yesod, as we spread it forth from father, from Chachma. Him shech koyach hachasadim was able to bring down the koyach of chesed. Gam b'moichen da'ema, also in the moichen of ema, as we said before, you have to fix it in the source. B'shoyr esharsh on the lay of Arachel, in the source of sources of lay of Arachel. At she'yib chenes ribu ya'kelim v'alavushim gam lamata, that bina too should send down energy downward. Um, to be many kelim v'alavushim gam lamata, mata b'chenes ha'kelim. In the kelim v'levushim rabim, in many garments, b'ribuy tzerufay oisias shaynim, all kinds of words. Kedua m'maymer nezal, like Chazal say, beisay zuvishta ishtay. The woman is called a house. The house means a structure, a place, a keli. The nekrasa ishub chenesam akabel gam b'shem bayis dira. She's also called a woman. Is also called a home, a place to live in. Al shem chenes yeridas hislapshes. Like we all know, a woman. Is grounded. Man, men floating. A woman grounds the energy. She grounds you, she takes, she fixes things in this world. How many types of negas are there? Four negayim. Se'es, beheres, four different colors are white. Sapachas. And what's the other one? He said he mentioned it earlier, the four negayim. Uh, anyway, so it says in Arizal that these four negas, which is a deficiency of Caleb, are the clippers that come. And again, when there, when there isn't holy, when there isn't holy Caleb, four types of clippers come. They correspond; they're the antithesis to <coughs> the four holy mothers, which are holy Caleb. So when you don't have in your life, when you're not married to to Leah and Rachel and Bila and Zilpa, then you're going to be married to someone. You're going to get seis sapachas. And all these shklaftas uh, are going to come instead of, when you're not filling your life with holy content, you can't just not be, you're going to have some energy is going to leak into unholy stuff. So Yaakov marrying the four women, there <laughs> who comes from the opposite, when you don't have Yaakov's energy. Then you have the oil in many kalim. Even the most external elements, which means in the most external elements of a person's life, you have to be meticulous. Everything is perfect the way God wants it. The oyer are even in the skin, the flesh and in the skin. Thought and speech. The light goes into everything. 
Then the redness goes away and the whiteness comes. That when the neg is only white without red, <coughs> and I think certain types of negayim, it says pasuach when the redness goes away, it's only white. It'll be it'll be okay, because the whiteness is the prevailing. But then, but on the other hand, white also represents that there's no chachma. Uh, so understand what the white is. Now, here he seems to be learning the whiteness of the nega is part of the purification. That the two Torahs, Torah the written Torah, and the oral Torah, a more inner level of letters and a more outer letters. In which we find God's, the light of the Eberster's wisdom was grounded in letters. If the Eberster's light of God's wisdom that, that, that is unfathomable, unknown, we would never have any way to grab it. Go know the Eberster's Chachma, if we wouldn't have Oisiyos, it came into words. Words of Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat Peh. Oisius et Tzerufim ki as it is known, the noivlis chachma shalmaila Torah, that the the chachma from above flows into Torah. Kamashakasa vatimala kada, it says by Rivka, that she filled her jug vatal. It meant she went to the waters of the Abishta's wisdom and she put it into a keli, into a kada. And Kada is 24. Kad is 24. Tchav Dalit represents the 24 books of Tanakh. She filled them with water, which is the lights of Chachma. That means she brought the lights into the containers. Shachav Dalit Sifri Araisa of the Torah. Shanim Shacham Yami Allah that comes from the supernal Yam Si, the Chachmi Allah, the supernal wisdom. Moshe says, I have a hard time talking. I have an impairment in my mouth and an impairment in my tongue. Pirish peh, veloshin, Torah shebiksavet, Torah shebal peh. So peh is Torah shebiksavet, is the mouth, and the tongue is Torah shebal peh, even though it's shebal peh, but it's not peh. Peh is Torah shebiksavet, and I think, k'moshekasem b'rei mehem no. K'vat peh, hainu shaloyo yachel l'stamtzim b'kelim v'oisiyos. Moshe Rebbeinu comes from the water. Moshe Rebbeinu's soul is so high. So Be'etzim, he's in such an infinite place, he has a very hard time contracting. And yet, he did the Ebershta said, I'm going to do the opposite from you. I'm going to turn you into the one who's going to convey the whole Torah and bring it into words. But in essence, he was the epitome of the opposite, of transcendence. He was in the essence of Chachma, which even though he wasn't, Moshe Rabbeinu's soul is not a Bina soul, it's a Chachma, but he's the Chachma itself, Prior to the chachma extending outward and going into letters, she pulled him out of the water. It's like that's why it says Moshe is in the inside, Yaakov is in the outside. Yaakov is the one who's extending it into words, and he pulls Moshe Rabbeinu as well into the words afterwards. But the Yibaka is Yaakov's neshama by marrying Rachel Leah on the four doors. He paved the way for Moshe Rabbeinu's water to flow in through the channels of Yaakov. Into all the Amnam Kishanim Shech or Abba of Chenestrifis Oisius the Tayer Shabiksav Shabalpeh. When the lights of Abba of Chachma flow into the combinations of letters of Torah Shabiksav Shabalpeh, Harezeke Inyan, this is the idea, Shanasa Yaakov Leah Varachel, that Yaakov marries Leah and Rachel. For Inyan Taharis Hanegah, and this is how you purify the Nega. Like it says, Zois Tayris Hametzaira Beyam Tarasai. This is the Torah of the Mitzorah on the day of his purification. That means that how do you, the Torah uses for purifying the Mitzorah, it says, 
What is it saying? Torah. Zeis din. What is the idea? Torah. Because the, the fixing of the Mitzorah is Limud Torah, learning Torah, lots of words of Torah and Mitzvahs. Formulating letters, Dafka. Nasa Taharas becomes the purification of the Mitzorah Metama now for the reason that we mentioned above. And that's because Torah comes from Chachma. <coughs> and that's where the letters come out. This is the broadening of the vessel. Comes dafka from the drawing of the light powers of Chachma. That's through the bittel which, which drives the shuv. And then he's going to start to understand that even more he's going to continue over here and then he's going to connect this all to this Pesach Pesach and Matzah and that we're going to do Bez Hashem in next week's study one, two, oh, next week is going to be much shorter all we have is two pages left I don't know what the explanation is going to take but and this week we did some more oh, that's that much more we just did two and a half all right no, actually next week is also two and a half. No, only two. All right, wonderful. Baruch Hashem, this was a miracle because I didn't learn the second half. Only got through about a page and a little more. Baruch Hashem, we were able to figure out the merit of the listenership and merit of Tziprachai Abbas Yixil Yehuda. She helped us out over here. Givaldik. The main thing is that they should all bring healing to the corona, which is long overdue that it has to leave already, and bring Mashiach Tzedkenu. That's the main thing. L'chaim, everyone. And Agut L'chaydish.